Blog Talk Radio. This is the intro, by the way. This is going to be weird. This is the intro. This is it, yeah. Where do we even begin? I don't know. Doesn't that sound weird right now? Sounds like a little bit of an echo. Echo. I wonder if it sounds like that to everybody else. I don't know. Maybe they can let us know on the chat board. It's been an eventful morning. Kevin's not here. We broke into his house. Yeah, this was really awkward for all of our uh, listeners out there. Jeremy Roche and I, I'm Chris McGee, Peter, DJ Roche. We're here. We're actually in Kevin's house doing the show. Kevin's not here. His wife's not here. His kids aren't here. It's very awkward. We're in his house and nobody else is here. Kevin apparently is off his flight and on his way home. Correct. I believe he was probably doing the Pac-12 game. Yeah, and I think he was supposed to come back last night. So he's really the only one with his finger on the pulse of what's going on in volleyball right now. He's not here. We can talk about Lakers and Clippers. I have no idea. <laughs> It's annoying. Literally driving me insane. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Jeremy. A lot has gone on in, in beach volleyball, actually, with uh, with the new partner switches. We made headline news a couple weeks ago. Then we took a week off. Phil Dahlhauser telling everyone on our show that he's playing with Sean Rosenthal. Is that why we took a week off? Because we dominated? Like, yeah, oh. I just, you know, when you make all the publications and... and uh, CNN, ESPN, <laughs> TMZ. SI, uh, TMZ, I just think it's time to take a week off and kind of do like a walk-off, you know, like mm-hmm. a walk-off in the bottom of the night. Um, I find the other partner changes interesting. Did you email Todd Rogers since so he's coming on the show? Todd will be on the show next week to talk. God, I love that. Todd, uh, yeah, there is an echo. But no, hopefully it's not too bad. I'm trying to figure it out right now. We keep talking about Todd. Yeah, believe me, uh, there's no cash <laughs> in this show. Ever. Ever. Um, just lost some money in parking tickets, which is amazing. Still never been reimbursed by Reed. Pretty amazing. He just left the country, so he doesn't have to pay you. Tom Rogers playing with the Avatar. Ryan Doherty. Correct. Jake Gibb. It feels like the natural thing to do because, like, when Phil was younger... He'd won a tournament with Nick, kind of arriving. Ryan won tournaments with Casey, arriving, the big dude, kind of new to the game, generally speaking. So give him to the professor, let him groom him. Does that mean the professor's going to go international? That's the question. I was told no. 
but not from Todd himself. So we will have him on next week. But I thought that was an interesting partner pickup right there. One that I like. Doesn't Doherty need to play internationally? He does, without a question. I mean, uh, guys who have traveled internationally, the coaches that listen to the show or players that do it and listen to the show, they'll, they'll tell you. I mean, the only way to get in over there is, number one, by going, but to see what it's like and the differences in the game and uh, learning the tendencies of those guys and how country, different countries play. I mean, there's no question about it. Going over there is the only way to really jump in the pool, so to say. So I Maybe. think that's uh, – I, I think it's a good pickup by him, though. I mean, who, who else better to learn the game from than, than Todd Rogers? So I, I, I don't see it as a bad thing. But, yeah, I, my first question is going to be, you know, is there an international component to it? Echo's gone. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Casey Patterson and Jake Gibb. I'd like to hear from Casey as well because I was kind of under the assumption that Jake maybe didn't have another quad in him in terms of going for Brazil, but I could be wrong on that one, too, as I said. Nobody's more out of touch with than me, so I probably shouldn't be hosting it. But um, my first thought was, wow, is Jake going to try to go for Brazil? Maybe he is. I mean, I know he's coming off the best year of his career, but I know he's going to be, you know, up there in some years come come Brazil time. But, you know, for Casey Patterson, a uh, chance to play with Jake Gibb, probably someone he's looked up to and played against, and the guy's won titles and he's team of the year on the uh, FIBB tour. You know, it's, uh, for him, he's looking to step up. But... I remember, you know, we played it on the, the beginning of the show, him saying this isn't about now, it's about the next four years. Yeah. He was talking about his partnership with the Avatar. Yeah, that was his uh, mindset when he picked him up. Yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting to get his take on this, too. Nick Lucena, where does Nick go from here? That's that's interesting. Is he, is he kind of becoming the odd man out? Yeah, like what big guys are left? Furby, obviously. I thought Nick and the Avatar would get together. I mean, that was my thought because I was thinking overseas. What about... Or does Avatar play domestic with Todd and international with somebody else? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he does. But, you know, at that point, you're going back and forth. Yeah, and it, it just doesn't make any sense when, say, you're in Berlin one weekend and the next weekend you're playing, say, uh, Belmar and now you're playing against your guy. I find that to be interesting. But, you know, I mean, Nick, Nick had a nice run with Ferbs and, and they came up short, so it's time for him to, you know, those guys to split and, and, and move on. Um, and does Ferbs want to play internationally? No, he doesn't. Yeah. At least that's what he told me. Yeah. Um, of course, that can change, and those two can play together. But, you know, Brad Keenan's out there, but I think he's happy with Mayer. I, I think so as well. And they, they they did decently internationally. I mean, they're getting points. They're getting up there. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting call. Just, you know, almost like Nick is that guy now that's looking for that, you know, he's one of the better defenders out there. Now he's the guy looking for, for that big man, almost like a Matt Olson who we've talked about yeah. on the show. Remember probably four years ago when, you know, all the big guys were kind of in their prime, you know, and the Phils and the Jake and the Ferbs and, you know, Keenan coming on and Sean Scott. Olson was always kind of that guy left out. There's just not enough big men to go around. I mean, Billy Strickland played a little bit internationally this year. I mean, Nick's played with Billy for a season. He's played with Brad for a season. Do you recycle? Do you go back? What about Casey Jennings? Does he stay with Casey? Oh, that's a good one right here from uh, from a boy. CG. Rumor is Jake said he wants to try for Rio. Was looking at Casey and Reed. Um, Our own Reed Pretty. Yeah, so I, I, I heard that same thing uh, that he heard about Reed mm -hmm. and Reed confirmed it to us. Um so, yeah, there it is. I mean, if Jake wants to go for Rio, who's to stop him, man? He's playing the best volleyball of his career. He's coming off an Olympics, so it's hard to 
if he still has the drive to do the travel internationally, then he then it's it's up to him whether he wants to go for it or not. It's not up to us or anybody else to say you'll be oh, too no, old. No. I mean, look at Emmanuel Rago; he just keeps getting big guys, and, and the guy's still unbelievable. There he is playing for a gold medal. So there's no, you know, uh, sports in general tell us that. Listen, when you get to a certain age, unless you're using uh, PEDs, bonds, and all these guys that got better when they rolled yeah. Manny Ramirez, I mean, but we know that that's, you know, it, it's tough to get better with age. I mean, I think you can do it up to a certain age, and there are those freakish athletes that can. But, you know, Jake, obviously, coming off the best year of his career, wants to go for it. He's got a young guy in Casey Patterson, got a lot of fire, now has some uh, international experience that you had mentioned. You can go for it. Do you think that Jake getting another fifth is a little bit of a driving factor in him possibly wanting to make another run at it? Like yeah, I saw some interesting quotes from those guys um, afterwards in terms of how disappointed they were and how upset they were in terms of that opportunity slipping away. I mean, when you look at that field combined with how they were playing, combined, combined with the momentum that they had going into that tournament, Anything less than a medal, in my opinion, for them, is disappointing, and it should be. Yeah. I mean, Jake and Rosie were playing as well as anyone, Phil and Todd out of the tournament, good draw to get there, and that happens in sports. You just don't get it done. Don't have a great day. Someone plays out of their mind. Whatever it is, a single elimination format. Once you get to the, you know, to the playoffs, it, it's anything can happen, and that's why we play it out, and that's why we love it so much. But absolutely, it's disappointing. Absolutely, that's a driving force. And it's got to be a driving force. And listen, I, I, Jake, I love Jake, uh, but I have not spoken to him one-on-one. This is just my opinion. Yeah. And Jake and Rosie had, and it's been well-documented on this show, how we feel about them as a team. I thought their chemistry, and I thought the way they handled it all these years, tough losses. I mean, guys on this chat room remember, because you guys were there with us, when those guys lost 10 finals in a row and stuff like that, they hung together through tough times. Uh, they were never the guys that played the blame game. So they had a great partnership. I'll preface that by that. But doesn't Jake get fired up? Because he did get dumped ultimately. I mean, Stein dumped him for Lambo. bottom line. It's going to be a driving So, I mean, it has to be. Sure. He's human, no matter how much he loves Rosie. He's a competitor. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and he wasn't just yeah. smash your face. No question. So, I mean, there's no, no doubt. No doubt that, you know, he's fired up inside, wants to prove the point. Hey, I'll go get a high-flying young guy, too. You know, I'll go get a bigger defender, Casey Patterson. You might not have the experience, obviously, of Sean Rosenthal, but he's a damn good player. I, I like going off the chat room right now because Barney's not here, and you guys will kind of drive the show. It's almost like a show we're doing called The Lake Show on Time Warner Cake Sports, where you guys tweet and text us, and we talk about what you're, you're asking. Nice plug. Uh, about their weakness, both individually and team, really became apparent in that loss. I absolutely agree 100%. I think Jake and Rosie, their weakness as in? You know, there were some, there were definitely some, some weaknesses. All of a sudden, it looked like they were, they didn't block any balls yeah. in that game. Um, you know, Rosie, the games that I saw that they didn't play well, you know, Rosie coming in really early. Uh, they weren't a good side-out rhythm. I think the things that plagued them in 2011 plagued them when it really counted in the Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think they had cleaned it up a little bit. I talked to a couple guys, you know, when they were making that run, and it seemed like they almost played Jake into a rhythm. Like, Jake came 
indifferent. He came in lighter, the new approach, and people just stayed on him. And as he was in his groove, Rosenthal was working into his yeah. without getting tested. And then Rosie all of a sudden was playing out of his mind. So they were playing out of their minds at the same time. And I think it's just, you know, you get to the Olympic Games and things catch up to you and things where guys think you're weak at, you know, they picked on it and, and, and the execution wasn't there when it really, really mattered. Yeah, I just feel like it was an off match for them. Yeah. I mean, we all thought they were going to get into that uh, in the medal rounds. Yeah. Sure. I know um, they did too, obviously. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, 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 and I'm really bummed. Um that they didn't. Here's a new one. Uh, Peter, have you done any college volleyball matches before this season? Don't know what your new job allows and doesn't. Just curious. I, I, I have planned on it, but it just kind of didn't work out because of the way... Oh, actually, I have. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I did three Texas matches in August uh, for the Longhorn Network, so I did do some UT games. Um, but I had planned on doing some Pac-12 games. I just didn't know the way my new job was going to go down and it took a lot longer and my job ended up changing from what I was originally going for, which was the sideline position. And then it turned into a studio anchor. So as the job changed and I finally got the deal done, it was a little too late for me to be able to do any pack 12 matches for their network. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened with ESPN. Actually, I do know what happened with ESPN. I, I did a lot of matches for them a couple years ago, but the guy who was the executive producer for the Olympic sports, Casey Carter left and a new gal came in she came in she just didn't use the guys that were independent contractors like me. Yeah. She started using people that were full-timers. She started using some more women in those play-by-play roles, which isn't a bad thing. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm fine with it. So that's why I haven't done ESPN in the last couple of years. It ended up being the best thing for me because I got the full-time job at Fox and ended up going to Time Warner. So, uh, But I enjoyed doing those ESPN matches a couple of years ago. Last year, I, I, str- I strictly did Longhorn, which is also ESPN. So I in a roundabout way, I worked for ESPN, but I did a lot of Longhorn matches last year. It's a relationship I really loved, wanted to keep doing it. So I could only do three this year, so I did the first three of the year. I would have loved to have done some Pac-12, but to be honest with you, when I got the list of, of matches, they just weren't, there was no UCLA SC at home. Anne-Marie Anderson had gotten all those. Yeah. She kind of got the first kick of the litter. Um, it, it was more like Washington State at home, on a Wednesday or a Sunday, it just seemed like there's no way that I would be able to pull those off. And then when I got the new job and kind of saw what it was really going to entail on how much time it was going to take and, you know, talking to my wife and stuff, it was, uh, it was kind of like, it was time for me to to pick one or the other. So I had to pick, had to pick hoops and uh, let volleyball go. But I, I, I do miss doing volleyball matches. That was a long answer for a short question, but I definitely miss doing those volleyball matches. I tried to watch too. Does Barnett call you for advice from time to time? Like, oh my God, I don't, I'll I don't know you. what I'm doing right now. No, can help me. no, but I'll tell you what, Barnett has done a really nice job of, you know, what's funny is Tom Fuhrer, who runs Fox Sports, uh, who was very, Fox Sports uh, West and, and, and uh, Prime Ticket, was very instrumental in me in terms of getting me along and kind of bringing me along. And he knows Barnett and likes Barnett and has kind of slid Barnett into some of those things. Um, and slowly getting him there. And, and Kevin did such a good job at the Olympics. And I think it was really good that he got to do those in-between matches, talking to Al Michaels, talking to Costas or, or, or whomever, because people then saw your face. You know, you don't see their faces a lot when they broadcast the Olympics. It's never about you. You barely even see their names. <clears throat> so that he got to do those, and he did such a great job, and men's and women's volleyball was covered so much. 
I think a lot of people are like, man, I like him. So now he's going to get a lot of work, you know, and, and he's been really patient. And I think that that's great. I remember a year ago he was ready to leave this profession. And I remember he and I talking and he's way too talented and way too good uh, to leave. He's smart uh, and, and uh, he can do a lot of different sports. So I'm stoked for Kevin. When he walks in the door and comes up here, I'm not going to tell him any of that. I'm going to tell him to start going in and yeah. tipping him. Because uh, that's how he and I roll. But uh, I, I think he's doing a, a great job. And, um, you know, guys, the problem is, man, volleyball, it's just, it's such a bummer because those of us who love it so much, are people who listen to the show, people who contribute to the show, it's hard because there's just not a lot of money in it. And, you know, those guys that coach it know it. They coach it because they love it. Obviously, you can get to a certain point uh, in college where you can make a lot of money. We're running a very, very big-time, huge club with 30 teams. You know, guys in Texas and some guys here run huge clubs. But there's not a lot of money in TV broadcasting for volleyball. You know, there's enough to get you by, but it's just not that sport yet where they, you know, are building shows around it and, and are making it a, you know, big deal. So... Um, hold on one second. Let's see if Furby's gonna. Are you really making a? Hey Furby. Yeah. That's that's how we roll. Hey Jeremy and Shane are doing the net live. You want to call in and talk to us Each for a minute? Just call we're just babbling right now. Doing it and Peter's talking to Furby as right now. See if he's gonna call into the show. Right now we're just babbling. Barnett's not here. And I'm, no, I'm, I'm just holding it down. People are probably saying. Uh, not sure how many effects we're gonna have today, audio-wise, because my computer crashed or the program crashed. Oh, I'll, I'll text so Okay, I'll, I'll have the, the intro at the moment. So we'll see what happens. What did Matt have to say, Chris? I don't know. He was just calling me, but I figured people would probably rather hear from him than me. So He literally just called you yeah. to up. I like that. <laughs> I think we're losing listeners. I'm going, but, um, so, yeah, so volleyball, you know, but on the flip side of that, I don't want to be negative. I'm just kind of giving you the, the financial end of it all. I love that it is on TV, and they're showing it more and more. Um, I just got a text from the head coach, uh, Coach Flora at Texas Tech, he's wondering if I could come out and do a couple of national Fox games for them. And I, I, it was not going to fit with the schedule, but it was awesome that they're doing a couple of national Fox games with Texas Tech. So volleyball is being played. It is out there. I don't have the Pac-12 networks. So that's kind of a bummer. ESPN's doing games on um, Wednesday. So there's a lot of volleyball out there, which is awesome. The beach, you know, we know where the beach is at. That, that's well documented. I just hope, I just hope that it can keep building. Because I honestly think indoor Women's volleyball and men's volleyball, I, I think it's so great. I really do. And it was interesting around Olympic time, I was doing a lot of baseball at that time, how guys in the baseball world were telling me how much they loved the indoor game and loved watching it. And that's surprising because it's so much about the beach for us, but they love watching, yeah. you know, when you see it at a high level. And I think women's college indoor volleyball is so great. It's so great. I just feel like it's, it's, uh, it's great visually, great athletically. Uh, it's played at such a high level now, and it's a lot of fun. So, for me, I'm, of course I'm biased, but it's my favorite favorite college sport for women. Of course. Then why wouldn't it be? You see you're getting heckled on the chat board about putting the show on hold so you can make a yeah. phone call. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I did a mix of but I thought it was important, guys. The reason why I did that is because it was actually a volleyball person calling, so I thought maybe he could add value to the show. Uh, that you guys just listening to me babble. Let's see if I can I'm not supposed to text him the number. All right, we have another question. What do we got? Well, what do you guys know, want to hear about? What I know you, guys you can't want to do two things at once. Um, you can't text and talk on the show at the same time. 
mostly do. Let's see, we're not getting any questions anymore. Sorry, right. Barnett just walked in the door. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Wow, grumpy Kevin's here, guys. This should be a lot of fun. Well, the guy, I don't know where he was this weekend, but he traveled. The private jet brought him back this morning to LAX, dropped him off. Was he the PJ? No. Oh. It would be nice. I'm sure it was a nice cab ride home. Cabs are the worst. What's going on in the women's beach volleyball world? That was my question. Like, what's going to happen next year? Carrie's not going to play because she's having a baby. She has an event tomorrow night at LA Live with the uh, Win Forever Foundation, which is Pete Carroll and his guy Yogi Roth and Dr. Javais. Who, who we show. had on the show? Who we're going to get back on the show? About. So it's really exciting for for myself because uh, Mark Warshall, who some of you guys know, used to be executive producer for ABP. We've been following Carrie for the last three years. Uh, we're doing a documentary on her. It's kind of her journey uh, going through the birth of the two kids. And really, when we started, we had no idea how this thing was going to go. We were hoping it would lead to London. Yeah. And it did. And she ended up winning gold, which was phenomenal. So, um, was Worshko over there videotaping it? Yeah, he went to London. But it was really tough because you can't use it on the yeah. footage and let's pay a ton of money. Yeah. So, but uh, a lot of the stuff revolves around, you know, Worshko was in the room with Carrie and Dr. Javier. So, this event tomorrow, and you guys can go online and, and go to terrywalls.com, I believe, or go to winforever.com uh, and see it. There are tickets still available. It's going to be a really cool event. And then we're going to show 20 minutes of our documentary there. And center, I mean, Mark was in the room for these sports psych uh, yeah. uh, meetings with Carrie and Mark. Some really incredible stuff you see, you know, what the elite and the best of the best go through in, in their minds, especially one who's a parent, uh, which a lot of people can, you know, uh, listen to our show, our parents, or uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. So there's some really good stuff, and it's going to be great in that. And speaking of Dr. Gervais, you know the guy that jumped from space yesterday? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Gervais was his sports psychologist, yes. too. Yeah, Dr. Gervais is kind of insane. Like, I didn't know he worked with Luke Walton. And right before Luke left, we were playing volleyball, and, and he was talking to us about that morning. He's like, dude, Dr. Gervais. And I'm like, you work with Dr. Gervais, too? He was talking to yeah. Casey about it. We were all getting ready to play. And he's like, oh, dude, he took me out in the paddling. And he pointed out to this boat that was literally, dude, I mean, you could barely see it. And he said he made him go out there <laughs> to build trust and, he, and, and then sit down and they, like, meditated. Luke said he was, like, ready to kill the guy. Like, and they're, he's like, dude, I'm not going out this far. Yeah, I'm yeah, the guy does some The guy does some pretty incredible things. Did he drop any F-bombs? Uh, remember, he did drop an F-bomb on the show. Oh, who's, yeah. who's dropped F-bombs on the show? Gervais? Someone else did. Marlo. 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 Yeah. That's awesome. That's Kevin Barnett. Almost back-to-back weeks. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How was the private jet this morning? Uh, It was lovely. You know, it's it's funny you guys bring up the space jump yesterday. So I'm getting ready to go do ASU versus Utah. Oh, we were going to ask you where you were. Got got it now. And I absolutely, I I was building my whole schedule around. I have to see this guy jump because they were building it up, building it up, and they're doing the checklist and all. I'm thinking to myself, okay, do I have time to take a shower right now or do I have to wait until after? Will I have time to eat after this? It, it It was like watching a moon landing. I, I can only imagine what that was like. I mean, that had to be a whole other level above. Yeah. So I put on Twitter, that's right, Twitter, hashtag go to Mars now. So we related back to the show a few weeks ago. Yes, it was a good, uh, good plug by you. You want inspiration? I mean, that was just cool to watch. I want to watch someone go to Mars. That guy jumped from space. Absolutely space. They're like, oh, look, there's the scrub brush. I'm like, that looks like the Earth, not so much scrub brush. Dude, how far did he go? 128,000 feet. Free fall. Free fall. He free fall for like four and a half minutes. 820 or 849 miles an hour. Broke the sound barrier. The human being just... And then just the chute popped. Like how? Yeah, well, he had to get control of himself first because part of the issue was he was so high. There wasn't enough air 
that he could even control his flight because you need the air resistance to control your flight. So he jumps out and you see him kind of get like a good launch. He's just And then later when they show the infrared camera and you can see the dot of him, the dot starts to do this. And you're looking at it going, that doesn't look good. And he said he had to fight the urge to pull the chute. That, I mean, he would have died if he pulled it that high up. There's no air up there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So well, he had to wait until he fell to a certain point where he could feel the air, and, and then he could actually put his arms out and control the flight, and then free fall some more. That's not idea. And then pull the chute. I got to see this on video. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome live. Watch it. Robert Seeger, Sager? Robert Sager, the news guy, was doing it for Discovery Channel. It was pretty cool. He said that his visor started to fog up and he couldn't I, see. You know, I heard about it like on the news and everything yesterday, and I heard people talking about it all over Twitter, but I didn't, uh, I didn't see it. I saw a quote of his that he was talking about how like he's thinking about all the records he was going to break, and then when he got up to the ledge, all he was thinking about was, okay, I just want to get back safely. I don't care about anything <laughs> else. Let me just land. And let me tell you. And he already broken a couple of records by the time he was up, up there. Yeah. Right. Let, me, let, let me just think about when you, you get to that ledge. There's no way you're gone. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not even going to be on the ledge. I'm not even going to be up that high. You would have to push me. You would literally have to push me and pry my dead cold hands off the side because I'm not letting go. I would. I would need Doctor Doctor Gervais. Hundred twenty thousand. I would need Doctor Gervais. Maybe with his help. How high do planes go? Forty, thirty-three. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, a commercial airliner. Thirty-three, thirty-six, thirty-eight, somewhere in there. Forty. It, I mean, the photo of him. It was a, from a practice jump like from the side so you could see like the curvature oh, of the earth. Older one? Yeah. Okay. Dude. The curvature of the earth and I'm just like, oh I'm standing up here. Yeah, I would be yeah. nervous that I would jump out and then just float into space. Time to shoot early may have been due to face mask fogging up so we lost vision of his I, I mean we lost vision of gauges and that you can see dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, just hope you, you hope you're falling towards the right planet. <laughs> dude, never anything like that. Unbelievable. I was watching Apollo eighteen this last weekend too. I never even knew they. 18. No, no, eighteen. Some horror film they made uh, about, no. about aliens yeah. on the moon. Ooh. Hilarious. We yeah. talked about you earlier. I really like HBO a lot better than Showtime. When I'm on the road, by the way. Showtime blows. We talked about you earlier. How so? Uh, you're doing a good job. Proud of you. How are you feeling? Uh, things are good. I have a hard time judging whether I've had a good performance or not. I just haven't done it enough, you know. Whereas, like analysts, I mean, I can tell you if I had a good show or a bad show. Mm-hmm. Analysts. Because uh, I just done it, I've done it so many times, you know, three, four hundred times. This play by play, I've done probably a combined twenty five or something. So it's a it's a much different deal to try and figure out did I do a good job, yeah. right? And it's hard to always get feedback from producers or yeah. whoever. Who produced your game? Uh, Scott Ferrier. Hmm. You know Scott? Hmm. Okay. Had Scott had Keith Hirschland, another guy, Golf Channel guy, did his first volleyball match a few weeks ago. Who's been your color commentators? I've had Kelly Tennant. She's good. She likes me because she gets to wear heels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had Mike Dodd last week. No way. Yeah. How'd that go with you and Dodd? Did you guys shake hands? Were you nice to him? I don't know when I became taller than Dodd. <laughs> but I'm substantially taller than Dodd. He's close hanger. Yeah. He's way much over. Did you like him? Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Did you meet him? No, I was quite nice to him. I, I did reference 04, but... We have a friend on the... I made a little joke about it. Online. And then uh, I had skates yesterday. Al Skates. Al Skates. Al Skates actually went to Utah and did a match. Cool. How was he? Did you get a photo? He was Skates. I should have gotten a photo. That's amazing. He was great. Speaking of photos, we're going to come back to your 
high fiber gate number two in just a moment. Yeah. So someone good. was calling in to save the show because he called me while I was. I kind of Nick Lou in the show. I was in the middle of something. I picked up the phone and said, can you call us because Barnett's not here and it's just me babbling. So Furby's calling in. Nice. So we talked a lot about uh, the new partner switches and stuff and thought we'd get his take. Matt Furby, are you there? I'm here, Gate. What's up? You didn't give Barnett, an introduction? Well, it's a little different than him. He's really just calling in now as a, as a show contributor. He didn't know he was going to be on. I like him. Uh, his Stanford Cardinal had a rough, rough game on Saturday. Matt, I know you're uh, devastated. Did you think he got in? I did. Well, I don't think I know, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fact, it's bad. We don't want to talk about the roughing the helmet-to-helmet contact when the guy's getting thrown down and it happened. A lot of questionable calls went against the, the Cardinal at home in Notre Dame, and now they barely beat a, a medium Stanford team, and now they're national title contenders, I guess. So, you know, the Irish. I can't. <laughs> I just have never been able to stand Notre Dame, and some of my friends just have no concept of why I would hate Catholic Irish since I was Catholic and Irish, half Irish. Half Italian. I said, the Italian, you must hate them. I don't know, but my dad and I, my brother, used to go on a Notre Dame bus of all Notre Dame high school people, and they would they would go to the SC game, and we were friends with some of the people that ran that. We were the only SC fans growing up that were on that bus, and I just hated them. I hated their arrogance. So it, it, it hurt me, too. I was I was really pulling for uh, for the Stanford Cardinals. Without a question about it. Notre Dame killed me on Friday night. They went four overtimes. It beat Crespi. With Crespi. I know. Yeah, well, that well, killed well. my whole schedule for the evening. But I, mean, I remember growing up in the Midwest when Notre Dame was such a big deal. And basically, NBC was the Notre Dame channel every Saturday. So I have a real nostalgia for watching Notre Dame, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, all those, all those games. I'm, I'd, I'd cheer for Notre Dame a little bit. Of course you would. Matt, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about partner changes uh, on the men's side uh, at the beginning of the show. Were you surprised Jake Gibb picked up Casey Patterson? Oh, surprised? No, because I, I, I was kind of talking to him a lot through it. I knew that it was, uh, you know, he was in his final, final picks. Um, I guess Jay kind of went for, you know, the most unknown, the most upside it could be. If, if Casey learns to play, you know, top little defense as a defender, I guess that's your, that's your best possible pick. Yeah. Um, so Jake is planning on going for Rio then. Yeah. Jake's for sure in for Rio. I mean, that's, that's what, uh, you know, Casey, of course, made it a no brainer for Casey to go with Jake. Um, yeah. You know, Casey, everyone that played with Jake was going to have to switch sides. So I feel like Jake, you know, really uh, thought about kind of maybe the best title player of the group who might have the easiest time switching sides. And so that became Casey. And uh, and then, um, you know, I think they get along really well. And, you know, Casey has a lot of positive fire to come through. So I think that's, uh, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's not Jake and Rosie, but it's, you know, give them a couple of years, and Casey's a baller. You know, Casey's a really yeah. good, really good player. So, um, I think they're going to be a, you know, they're going to be a good team. Do, do you think, and we talked about this too, I mean, my take, and I haven't talked to Jake, you know, we're talking about his motivations, and no matter how good of a team he and Rosie were, no matter how close they were, and they still are, it's got to be a motivating thing for Jake to come off such a great year and then his partner go on to someone else, even if it is still lost. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that as an athlete, you always find stuff like that to, to fuel you to get that, you know, to get that edge, to almost get that, you know, nervous butterfly going. You know, it sounds as weird as it, 
a young athlete, you get those butterflies. You're like, well, I'm a nervous, whatever. And as you get older, you're like, bring, bring on those butterflies. You know, like you want that, you want that, that motivation, that getting up sometimes, not not knowing what's going on. And so that's gonna, I mean, it's gonna bring Jake a, a motivation, a fire that he hasn't had in a while, and he won't even kind of, you know, I don't think, you know, he wasn't planning on it, but it's gonna, I think it will pay off for him. It will, it will get, make it fun. It's gonna, it get, it's gonna make his off season. You know, last year we had the Olympics push us in the off. This year we don't have that. It's four years away. You know, if you're a younger athlete trying to prove yourself on tour, there's a ton of motivation. But if you're not, you know, at this point, you know, I think it's going to be, it'll be nice for Jake to have that. What about the avatar uh, playing with Todd Rogers? And we were saying that's kind of fitting. You know, it's like Phil years ago, kind of learning the game and who else to get, but the, uh, the, the professor. I, we just don't know if they're thinking about going international. We have Todd on the show next week, so we're going to ask him, but I was curious as to what you've heard. Well, I was surprised at that, truthfully. Um, I think it's Avatar's really happy. Uh, he better be. I think. <laughs> he better be. Uh, I think Raji's going to have it. You think if someone has a chip on his shoulder, Raji took a lot of abuse this year, I thought, and uh, he's going to, I think Raji's going to have a really good year next year. Um, you know, I think that knee operations never come back as soon as you think they are. I don't think he was right all year. After a year of working out and another year on a healthy knee, I think Raji will be, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be what he was, but I think he'll be pretty darn close to it next year. And, uh, but uh, I think they are going to go international. I'm pretty sure they are. That's what surprised me the most about that yeah. pick was I thought Raji was kind of done going international. Um, thought he might have fought him still a little bit more if he was. But, you know, he closed it in. I think I should tune him that. I talked to him a little bit, but I'll let him kind of tell some of the stories. It's interesting to uh, to see. He's fired up to um, – I think he's fired up to have that role as mentor again. I think he missed that yeah. when Phil got that before he was no longer the mentor. I think he really enjoyed that. That's kind of hey. motivating. So I just really surprised he went overseas, going back overseas. Hey, Matt, what about you? Where are you right now now that you're removed, you know, about a month from the season and things have died down and, uh, you know, all, all, all the stuff in the past? Are you going to still play? Are you kind of moving on with the coaching and running the club? What's What's going on with you? Uh, I don't really know. My plan is for sure I'm going to play the domestic events next year. Um, but that kind of, you know, Nick, Nick right now, Senna's in his prime. Uh, I want him to be an overseas plane. He should be overseas plane. Um, that's just not my cards. I would love to go play in three or four events internationally, but if you don't plan all the events over there, I won't, I won't, I won't bore him. But let's just say uh, you only get about half the money you earn if you only play in a few events over there. So it doesn't make it very worthwhile to go play in three, four minutes. Matt, what about Nick Lucena? You, you, you mentioned Nick Lucena. We were talking about him earlier. Is he kind of the odd man out right now unless uh, you decide something differently? Well, that's why. I mean, that's what makes it tough for me is that if, if we could go play like five events and get all of our money, I, I could do that and help Nick out. But since you only get half your money, it doesn't really make sense for me and sense for Nick. Um, so I, I don't know, but Nick's definitely right now kind of that, that odd man out. You know, Avatar would have been someone he would have talked to and of course talking to. So, um, you know, with with Brad Keenan and, and John Mayer having a good year, I don't see them needing to go anywhere. So, yeah, it's a, 
a little bit of a rough spot for Nick. I'm in a different situation. So I, I don't really think it's going to happen. And it's a, it's a lack of uh, big guys out there, that's for sure. What about the idea of a tr- of trials? Does that does that make you reconsider uh, if you didn't have to travel as much? Uh, I'm not like not going overseas, not for the Olympics, or it's just for family and like what I want to do with my life right now. So I don't know. I mean, I, four. I'm not even thinking four years trials, no trials. I'm thinking, you know, go out next year, have fun, gotta keep doing what I love to do because I know no matter what happens, it's not going to be forever. So. That's real, that's real where I'm at. You know, right now I'm just focused on, you know, my club. I'm now the walk-on assistant at UCLA, UCLA with the men's team. So I'm just focused on that. I'm having a lot of fun doing that, man, a lot of fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's breaking news. Breaking news. Bill Dahlhauser broke the news. <laughs> <laughs> Rosenthal on this show, and it went viral all over CNN and SI.com. And now you're telling us you are – the walk-on assistant for men's UCLA volleyball. Will it get the same pub as Phil playing with Rosie? <laughs> it should. She get more. Phil and Rosie. I mean, what's that? Who cares about Phil and Rosie? Hey, first, uh, I, I wanted to get your take on where you think the whole beach scene is at at this point. What's the the kind of viewpoint of you yourself having seen so many different iterations of the beach and a couple of collapses and so on, where do you really feel the beach is at? I mean, a lot of people were tweeting, oh, the AVP is back after one tournament weekend, but I'm interested in your opinion on the long view of what's really going on. Oh, man. I I guess right now, I would say one word would be confusing. You know, I feel like no one knows anything when I talk to them. And, uh, you know, the people want to know, we know some stuff. But besides that, the average fan, they don't know what, they don't know what website, ADP, Cuervo. No one even caught on to the Cuervo, the NVL. Mm-hmm. They're still asking, what was the MVP? Or what the MVP? What, what, what's this stuff? So we just need to get, man, we need to streamline this and get it simple. You need to get something simple for the fans. Um, the ADP events were awesome. The Cuervo events were awesome this year. The NBA, one NBL event went, were, were great. You know, it's like all the events have been really well done. The money's coming back. I mean, it's athletes. Man, the excitement I saw on players' fans, there was like a – or on the um, players' faces, uh, they had a, you know, a big party Saturday night at the Santa Barbara event, and it was, you know, at a huge mansion. A lot of people there, and it was, you know, models were there. And just seeing like, you young players that have never had the ADP – you know, kind of walking into that tournament and walking in that party saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be like, even the referees were excited. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it would be great. It would be great to get one tour to towards Murphy and getting one website, you know, and getting some people can, can really, um, you know, follow us and know what's going on. I mean, I'm amazed. I mean, I have people all the time asking who I'm playing with. And I'm like, you don't know I play with Nick? I'm like, we've done pretty well. That's when it's kind of I, I feel like uh, people are figuring it out, and then you know, I tell someone I, I tell someone who's decently in the volleyball knows don't know I played Nicholas and I'm like, okay, well, we got some issues here. So you know, I'm, I'm hoping I'm optimistic that uh, because I'm committing myself to this domestic tour, I'm optimistic that there's going to be you know, some good things going on and moving forward. And I would like to help transition this 
these next guys and help this tool get going and hang with that can and and uh, some money there. So we'll see. First, I mean, the parties are awesome, and, and being a part of the scene is certainly great. It's a lifestyle choice to go out there and play beach. But how are the, the finances for most of these guys? I mean, there have to be discussions about that aspect of what the realities are of being a beach volleyball professional. Yeah, I, I don't know how a lot of people have done it. I mean, I, I talk to you all the time about it. I go, what do you do? Like, how have you done this for four years, the last four years? And they're just, you know, I don't know. I, they're special people that can just live in a way that um, – you know, they love the sport so much, and they're willing to sacrifice it, and there's that hope. They're very – they hold on to that hope a lot. So I just got one glimmer of light, you know, the money being good in that event and stuff held on. And, um, you know, it just shows how special our sport is that people are still good athletes too, you know, great athletes and young and could be playing indoors and have decided that they, they want to, you know, they're determined beach can come back and they want to be on the forefront of bringing them back. And so the sport's really lucky they have athletes like that, but – it's bleak right now for all the beach athletes except for the lucky ones that have been able to go overseas. And, that, you know, moving forward, I just, if these players can get some out there for the players themselves and the money the way it's been, if you get some sponsorship to kind of, you know, help with that, um, I think uh, that, that, that that can really start bringing, bringing the sport back without having these companies to front all its money to pay, all its prize money when they don't have it to pay. I got a question. Last question, Matt. Dodd, who does he coach? Does he coach Sean and Phil, or does he coach uh, Jake and uh, Casey? He works for the Pac-12 now. <laughs> he works for the Pac-12 Network. Uh, seen him on there every day. I mean, every woman's volleyball is being a show on the Pac-12 Network now. Unbelievable coverage they have. But uh, I don't know. I, I would say right now, we'll say that. I'm sure Jake's on him more and keeps the coach. So I would say oh, Jake can just be, I mean, just a little bit more attached to having the whole coach. I'm not sure what those thoughts are and how they're going on that. So, you know, I, uh, you know, it's a win-win either way for Dodge. But uh, I'm Hey, Matt, thanks so much for calling in. We know that was unexpected. Ne- next time, can you get out of that tunnel you were in and hey, talk so we can hear you a little more clearly? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, just, I mean, can we just let it be known that Stanford, that game should still be going. It should be in overtime right now. Yeah. But not better. Not better. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Thanks man. All right. All right. So much better to get his take than just Jeremy and I battling back and forth, although we were right. <laughs> no, right. Although we were right. On we were 100% correct. We were right. Correct. On yeah. uh, Dodd is retiring. He's become the administrator on USAB. So, you know what, though? You just need a never confirmation of your know. opinions. From you never opinion. know. It's going to work for USAB Beach? Who says that? So it says right here on the uh, chat room. All right. Well, might be a good thing for us. Time to go to break. We haven't had one yet. Yeah, take a break. we got a uh, college volleyball weekly coming up still. I thought we'd have five going into this uh, into this point of the show, but we, we got rolling. But you carried the show, and Good I just Barney. was here and patted you on the back. Yeah. You're welcome. I'll be unpacking Literally, this is going to be a good show if you didn't come. I mean, we, were <laughs> we felt really awkward being in here without you, your wife, the kid. It was just a strange feeling. Jeremy made pancakes. I, I didn't do the dishes. Yeah, I broke in, made pancakes, made myself right at home, watched TV for a little while, and then set up the show. Yeah, I think had you walked in about 10 minutes earlier, you would have found Jeremy in my bed with my boxes on. It would have been really weird. First of all. <laughs> First of all, my 
I, the fact I, that you I wear boxers is an issue. I don't know what. I need briefs. I need boxer briefs. I've got a good briefs story for you when we come back after the break. It's a great, it's a good sure. one. Yeah. You'll Jeremy, enjoy. do you not fix the audio? we got goofs on the why is, message. Why is it my fault? I don't know. He sounds clear as a bell to me, and that's all I care about. Furby, he sounded like he was underwater. Yeah, he was. Maybe he was out on a stand-up paddleboard. He was out on a stand-up paddleboard out two miles out on a boat. All right. Good luck to everybody. We'll keep working on it. I don't know what the deal is. We've replaced all kinds of equipment here. The net live. That's loud. You and Dodge, you brought up before? Yeah. What is just that? briefly. I just told him the story about walking with my producer and saying that Reed Purdue was angry at him. I'm not taking that shit back. He fucked it up. <laughs> I watched the whole Olympics. I have no idea. I think you guys are crazy. We're going to take a long break because i got to go to the bathroom real quick. So um, deal with that. You guys got to see this picture of Justice sent me. Luca went and got her in the other room and brought her over to show her what she did. That's my chair. You're not allowed to write on things, dude. Oh. No. She brought her over. That's not your chair anymore. Oh. I might have to go on the NetLife Facebook. Yes. Is that watchable, Marker? So I sat next to a hobbit in the exit row today. Hmm? I sat next to a hobbit in the exit row. Guy gets in. I'm stuck in the middle seat. He's in the aisle. Window's already full. I'm sitting there reading. He sits down and does one of these. I'm going to need some of that armrest. Start pushing my elbow off the armrest. I'm like, what's wrong with you? you? Like, seriously, five, six. Five, six. His feet, barely, his feet barely touched the little uh, metal pieces. I didn't say anything at first. I just moved my elbow and looked at it. And then he's like pushing it further and further out. He's like, he's like into my chair. And I looked at him like, bro, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he's like, I need to do this armrest. I'm like, you know what? You can have this seat. You can have both armrests. you got the aisle there. And he's just got these glasses. Just because you're taller. He not that. Yeah. Yeah, just because I'm, I'm eight inches taller, I deserve a little more room. Yeah. But that was his whole thing. Like, he got in. And then he was, like, trying to put his seatbelt and stuff on. Wouldn't move his elbow. He's, like, doing his seatbelt up with one one hand. Before I even said anything. Oh, um, were you just like, how did I get on this flight? It's like, what's wrong with you, Buck? Well, you know, yesterday I left the match, went to the airport, and then probably went back to the hotel that I stayed at the night before because Delta paid me off. That's why I'm late here. No. They needed seven seats on flight last night. People going international. So what'd you get free flying out of? Six hundred bucks. Dude. Yeah. And hotel and food. Great call. Yeah. I'm like they're like four hundred. I'm like uh he goes, all right, just keep a class. I wouldn't mind if you were getting I might want to be getting quick flight. I'd be back. Yeah, it's easy. Playing Chris in court, intimate and small. Who's the coach that? Yeah. Linear. Who did that? It's been 23 years. They crushed ASU. Crushed them. Like, it should have been a really good match, and they annihilated them. We said it, but Todd Rogers will be on the show next week. Awesome. Oh, I need my iPad here so I can do the CBW. You got time. All right. Peter and I can post the show. Yeah, keep it on. And we can talk, we got to talk about Long Beach. They're holding open tryout this week, by the way. Who is? Long Beach State. Women's. Nice. Open tryout. Middle of the season because they have no people left. Because they're not good? No, they have no people. Everybody's hurt. Same thing like a cow. They're 
can I mentally keep doing what I do in the offseason? Yeah. So, I mean, Raji has put a lot of – I mean, people just think Raji rolls out of bed. He's, I mean, he works his butt off. Oh, for sure. On that track. Yeah, he's not just hanging he out at home. He works hard. And, and can you keep going at that age? Like right now, it sounds like Jake's refired up. He got dumped. He's got a new partner. Yeah. So maybe Raji feels the same thing. I don't know. And Furby made a good point. And I'll, then I'll let you go, Jeremy. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Not to think four years ahead. I think we all think, media-wise, fans-wise, we're thinking Rio. We talk so much about 2016. It's only 2012 right now. Right. So who cares about Rio? You know what I mean? Jake Gibbs doesn't need to think about the next quad. He needs to think about the 2013 season. He's got a kid, and how's he going to support that kid? Let's get the best possible thing. I am traveling. So who knows? Maybe Raji you know, wants to keep going. Look, in four years, <clears throat> a lot of these partnerships are going to be different. Let's just be real about it. Beach volleyball. It could change. True. It could change before the season starts, for all yeah. you know. Well, Casey and Avatar were in it for 2016 until they weren't. Well, and I brought this up off air before Lock the show happen. started. What yeah. happens if, you know. Oh, God forbid, a gnarly injury. Well, not uh, only what, that. What if someone has surgery on something? You know, a yeah. lot of weird things can happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of change. Four years is a long, right. long time in the life of an athlete. Casey Patterson said, you go learn from Todd. I'll get you back in another couple of years, and then we'll go do this. Maybe. Now, the Kobe thing, he may retire in two years. If oh, he does, absolutely. he's coming back a year later. Guarantee. He'll do the Jordan thing. Almost nobody does the Barry Sanders. Almost nobody walks it, away. You know why he walked away? Because Detroit producing. was awful. I know it's so gnarly how bad Detroit was, you think about that. Yeah, but he... We were talking about Barry the other day. But he, he walked so away. So absolutely. good. Absolutely. And he and left you know the game and, and those running backs back and, are banged up, dude. I've seen yeah. Earl Campbell in Texas. He is banged up, dude. Yeah. Those guys take so many hits... And they're never the same. They don't have normal lives after. No. Barry walked away. No, and but it's it's hard to do for any athlete. Look, I was super banged up, played in quite a few national team practices after I was already done, thinking about it. Of course. Would go back tomorrow. It's also what you've been doing since you were a teenager. True. You know, it's like how, okay, now what, like... Kobe's been competing at this high level forever. Dude, Carter or, played to his 46, Sinjin 40s. I mean, those guys played till deep. Yeah, here's what people don't understand. I always always hear the general public, whenever one of these high-profile athletes comes back and they Here's talk them. about the problem of them coming back and their legacy and this thing. Dude, there's nothing like being an athlete. There is nothing like that instant gratification of I hit the shot, I hit the home run, I scored the touchdown, I got mm-hmm. the kill, whatever it is. There is no instant gratification like that in any other world, in the business world. The real world. The real world. It's funny. It's not there. And that's why sports is so spectated because everybody who's not an athlete wants to be an athlete. Not everybody, but many. You make a great point, and it's usually who drives it. The media, the fans, they talk of legacy. His legacy is tarnished and all this. It's like Brett Favre got abused. Yes, it drove us crazy, but the guy wants to come back and play. The guy can go play. And the people that understand that are people that have played on teams. You play as long if as you If you played play. on, on right. teams and, 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 and it was a big part of your life, if you grew up playing sports or whatever, you understand that 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 part of it. I mean there is not – and Kevin hits it on the head. Outside of having a family and kids and you separate that, being on a sports team, especially at the professional level, which I never tasted obviously, so I can't even speak for those guys, but I played it in college. To be on a team is is one of the great honors – in life, in terms of you have so much fun, you learn so much, you're with your guys, 
you battle for something. There's nothing like winning, man. Winning is unbelievable. Yep. And and you, you hit on the head, instant gratification. So that's why guys get back into the ring. That's why they come back because there's nothing out there that gets them. You think, you think uh, business drug. drives Michael Jordan? You think Michael Jordan loves being the owner? No. He loved playing basketball. Same with Magic. Jordan, even yeah, Magic, Magic's good. But even, yeah. even as successful as Magic was, what did he do for 10 years after he retired? Come back, he, coach, no, But he played. Know, he played, yeah, he he played, played in that tour. All, the time. He, all over the world he played. He was still playing. That's what, that's what you do. I mean, that's, that's who you are. And uh, there's just no taking that, taking that out of the person. What's their identity? A lot of them is their identity. It's what I've been doing forever. Now what do I do? Right. And it's not even the money. Oh, no doubt. It's the competition. Well, sometimes it is. Boxers. And the getting ready. Yeah. You know, it's the... Why do you think they all pick up the little white ball? Golf at least. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they start to golf. They find a new love. They bet. They go with their friends. They bet. They gamble. It, they need something. Well, I said it before. You were at Fanoi's 40th uh, birthday party, right, Geet? The what? Were you at Fanoi's 40th birthday party? Yeah, absolutely. Where they showed the video of like all the stuff he's done to Ben, and his speech afterwards, he's like, well... That's been a great life. Like, dude, you're only 40. Yeah. But he's like, all those compliments he's had up to that point, he's like, okay, now now what do I do? Like, my life. Yeah. He's like, my, I'm like, dude, your life's not over. You're only 40. I'll tell you what. Some people, they they go through high school, college, whatever. They find what they do well, whether it's accounting or sales, marketing, computer programming, whatever it may be, and, and they find their place in the world, right? And they feel good about their place in the world. They enjoy their work. They build a company or work for a company or have success or whatever level they achieve, right? They feel like they were made to do that. For a lot of athletes, you find what you were made to do, especially if you do it professionally. You're made to do that. You didn't work it into that, not entirely. Yeah. You had the God-given ability to be a part of that sport or several sports, and you chose that one. There's no, there's no being, there's no working yourself into a pro football player. There's no working yourself into a basketball player. That's why I think baseball is out of whack because you can work yourself into a baseball player much, much easier than you can these other sports because it's a skill. It's not really, it doesn't require the athleticism, the gift, the genetic gift, because as the levels go up, you either have the genetic gift or you don't. I don't become a professional volleyball player without the, the genes from my mother and father. Yeah. Period. End of story. And so you feel like you found what you were made to do, and then it's gone. And I don't think people can understand that if you were made to be an accountant. You really enjoy yeah. accounting. It's your thing. It's, yeah. But you could do it for 50 years. And so a lot, of, a lot of fans will heap scorn upon these athletes for not succeeding after sport or coming back all the time. Because what are you doing that for? Why don't you go find something else? Oh, really? You're an accountant. You own an accountant, accounting company, right? Why don't you sell your company and go find something else? Not even accounting. Go, go find something else to do besides accounting. You can't have anything to do with accounting. Good luck. Good luck. It's the same situation. What would they do? They can come back and start another accounting company. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the human condition is no different. It's just that your profession doesn't require your knees, your shoulder, yeah. your neck, your elbow, whatever. You know, that's just the way it is. And, and I identify with with people who, after their career is over, feel a little lost. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Felt lost for a long time. This is the first year where, and I've been saying this to people, like they say, oh, you know, do you like what you're doing? And now you have a real career. You're broadcasting all the time and traveling. And so, yeah, this is the first year that I feel like I'm a broadcaster and not an ex-volleyball player. For five or six years, I've been an ex 
Volleyball player. Now you're a much happier person now, too. Just going to throw that out there. My <laughs> <laughs> purpose in life. I hear you, bud. No, and, and so people who get off on, on athletes that way, just shut your mouth. You would play. If you oh, could play, you would play. 100%. I sometimes forget, and I may have said this on the show before, I think of it because I just saw J.J. Riley, my college setter again. He's an assistant at Utah. Yeah, J.J.'s over there. And I had dinner with J.J. when I went out there for uh, Supercross. Uh-huh. It's held on the campus of Utah back in whatever it is, April. It's a really nice campus. It's a cool campus, yeah. yeah. Still a weird place. Yes. Uh, but I, I went out there, and, and I had dinner with J.J., and uh, and I, we were talking about this and about that, about volleyball, and I just realized it's, it's kind of odd that his career ended in 1998. Done. Never played again. Never. In a, in a, Not beach. He started coaching at Pepperdine. He remember he got into weightlifting. Yeah. He done. was huge for a while, by the way. Monsters. Um, done. I played another 10 years. I know. Isn't that crazy? I can hardly remember what it was like to be on a college team. I can't hardly I remember the travel schedule and the going to Dude, class. Going on and all 20 that. years from me. I mean, it's literally 18 years ago. It's, it's insane for me to think that way. I have no idea what it was even about. I could tell you on the national team what the rhythm was like, but I don't remember the rhythm of a college player as, as much as I do the rhythm of I, a professional player. I honestly player. think that's why I've stayed in coaching that long. It's hard to explain to people, wife or, or even whomever. You know, like we, I shouldn't say my wife because she understands it, but I'm saying like whomever I talk to about yeah. coaching, it's like I just, it's hard to explain. It's in you. It keeps you somewhat in the game, those competitive juices. I love winning, love competing, love being in it. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, even in broadcasting, and you'll, you're seeing this, it's, you know, I feel like uh, Zick just said something the other day about, man, this is what you were born, like, you're, here you are, you're doing like, a, we were going to the first Laker, I was doing the first Laker game, it's like, I can't believe it, you know, the team that you loved your whole life, blah, blah. I was like, I was like, yeah, and I was thinking to myself, well, I actually thought I was going to play for him when I was eight. So I mean, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I'm there. You but, made the team somehow. Yeah, I made the team somehow. But if there's nothing like, there is nothing like getting on the floor and doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. There's just, I don't care how many games you broadcast or, you know, you learn to love that part of it. and It does get your juices flowing in a different way. But not like being, a, and coaching can't touch it either. Coaching's phenomenal. And there's such a gratification that comes along with it. And you live and die every point. And you take it home with you like you never did before. But still, even I, I'll never forget Mike Sosha. Interviewing him, talked about winning the World Series. That's probably five years after he'd won it as a manager. And he said, it doesn't compare to when I won it as a player. No. Like I was really happy for these guys. And of course yeah. I loved winning it as a manager. But it was different. It was a different celebration. It was a different moment I had, and I'm like, God, it's so like you win as a player. It's you and those guys or those girls, whoever, whatever kind of team you're on. It's that moment that you cannot recapture it, man. It's weird. Like you win something of, uh, of significance, you want to stay in that moment for as long as possible because, like, a week later, you can't get back there. I mean, you just you have it forever. You have a ring, you have a medal, whatever it is. But you just can't get back in that moment when the ball dropped or whatever happened to win that game. There's just really not. There's no feeling like it. I went to a post party in, in 08 with the men's team. Mm-hmm. It was men's water polo and uh, yeah. and men's volleyball for Mizuno. In Beijing? No, down here. Oh, down here. Down here, yeah. Fun party, and I was sitting there with Tom Hoff, and you know, long-time member of the national yeah. team, had been through everything. the loss in Sydney, had been through the, the, the start of the success in 04, and, mm-hmm. and had hung on, basically, through the end of 08. And Tom was sitting there, and, we, and he just said, you know, this was always the goal. And now we did it. Hmm. And I kind of feel like, now what? 
That's a great point. <laughs> what, what now? So it is. It's that. It's that strange thing of here it is and there it goes, and all the buildup has been to that point. Yeah. And then it's gone, and just like that, it's gone. It's gone in the yeah. evening. So it's. Uh, yeah. No, dude. That's man. That's it's pretty trippy. It's a different sort of living to to be an athlete, and it's great and it's fun, and um, I, I don't know that you find the same. You certainly don't find the same circumstances of, of reward and uh, and just getting ready. I remember I was sitting in for an alumni game at Pepperdine, and I was putting my stuff on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just I miss I miss that getting mm. ready to go to war. Mm-hmm. You know, here we go because I'm I, the body's just alive, and I am ready to get out there and just go. And I I miss that man. I miss that feeling. That's why I ride because that for me has has captured that feeling. I already mentioned it once a few oh, minutes ago. Nice. Do I get credit from 10 o'clock or just from when I started on the mic? <laughs> no, just, yeah. But th- that's why I do that because it gives me the same, look, I'm, I'm working my ass off, I'm sweating like crazy, and I'm focusing on getting better. Yeah. I treat it that way when I'm in that moment. Now, obviously, it's not the focus of my whole <laughs> life the way volleyball was, mm-hmm. but that's how I treat it when I'm there. I, I treat broadcasting that way, but I'm not sweating. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. it's not the same. Putting on a suit is not the same as putting on my knee pad no. and my shoes. What if you put them on underneath your suit? But there is something traditional Ooh, about open my shirt, there is yeah. something traditional about when you do put on the suit. It's like you know you're getting ready for yeah. the game. It's just different. It's different. It's not. It's not the same. I feel like I look good. I feel good. I'm ready. You know, I look in the mirror. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, <laughs> some, some people like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I there's definitely that, but it's not the same as that uh, that expectation from your physical being of the exertion that is to come. No doubt. What else is coming up on the show? Got College Volleyball Weekly. Mm-hmm. Mike Skinner from uh, Utah. Uh, or Craig th- Skinner. I'm Mike Skinner. From Utah or Kentucky? I think I told Jeremy uh, this Kentucky. before Utah. we went. I apologize if uh, I said this before. I think I told Jeremy before we went on air. Um, so I'll be leaving at 1130, and here's why. This is funny. Do you remember the day, and it was about a month and a half ago, Millie just started school, and I go, dude, I gotta go get her. And I left the show like right when we were in the middle. It's like eleven fifty-five. So by the time, so by the time I get there, she's the last one not being picked up. She's in the office. Okay, literally, I've picked her up thirty times since then. She still talks if I'm gonna be late. Every single time. <laughs> every single time. And so today, Jess is like, you got it. Can you please leave at like eleven thirty so we don't have to hear anymore? I mean, it's every time. I'm like, I was late one time in three years. But she remembers that time, and I blamed Uncle Kevin. It's traumatic yeah, as a It's kid. on me. Next time. No, we had someone good. I mean, it's Karts or somebody. It was somebody on that was the reason why she, she sat in that office. Next time she sees me, she's going to By the way, she had like a scribble. cookie and was fine. I mean, she's playing. She's going to scribble reason, all over my pants. <laughs> she's going to take permanent marker and hit my pants with them. Uh, There's so. a little incident at home, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I don't know, maybe we should get that picture to Jeremy and put it on. Uh, Luca, my littlest one. Um, has a has a drawing problem on furniture and walls. My younger one had the same yeah, problem. Yeah, and, and we mark her. She finds the markers. We never had this problem with Millie because we could put the markers higher. Yeah. But now we have a daughter like Millie who's artsy, and some of the markers are always out. So my littlest one, today my wife sent me a picture. She went and grabbed my wife from another room and led her by hand over to my chair where I work, where Daddy sits. What color is it? Dude, it's pink, purple. She like <laughs> colored the whole thing, and she's just looking up. What color is the chair? Well, of course, it's it's white. all white. Yeah. So really incredible. I'm gonna send that over, to Jeremy. Now it's princess. Put it on the Facebook page. 
Princess Scribble. Yeah. We're going to take another break here right before we go to College Volleyball Weekly, but we want you out there to know that if you're looking for an open tryout opportunity, if you want to be among the ranks of the athlete and you have college eligibility left, you might want to go down to Long Beach State. Male or female? Female. Female. Long Beach State's the place for you. They're holding open tryouts middle of the season because they have no personnel left. Wait, what? They're holding open tryouts this week. For which team? Long Beach State. Women. Women. Volleyball team. Yes. What happened? They have too many injured players. Terror. Misty May Trainers have eligibility? Uh, yeah, she, they should look into that. No doubt. That would be my Cause, call. Because Tara Renicki walked off the court injured in the last match is what I read recently. This is like Cal. Cal has the, the, their starting libero, their starting setter, their best outside hitter, Gihan, all out. Just decimated. I've never seen anything like it. Mm. So That's Long Beach and Cal apparently are playing football during the week and then trying to field a volleyball team on the weekend. I don't know because they're so beat up. I've never uh. seen football, or volleyball teams so beat up. We've got College Volleyball Weekly still to come, and we have Craig Skinner from Kentucky. He did an interesting promotion, cross-promotion with Midnight Madness. We're going to talk to him about that and the future of getting people in the crowd for collegiate volleyball. More Net Live. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball magazine. Volleyball Magazine has been serving the volleyball community for over 20 years with the latest in volleyball news and information, product reviews, athlete profiles, fitness, health, and travel-related features. It's published nine times a year. Volleyball Magazine brings you the inside to the access to the sport's biggest stars. Whether you're interested in junior, collegiate, or professional level, sand or indoor, Volleyball Magazine has you covered both on and off the court. Visit us now. Do it. www.volleyballmag.com and subscribe for one year for only $19.99. Do that now and receive a new water bottle, a $49 value, free compliments of our friends at Naturally Energized Water Bottle Company. Volleyball Mag, the industry's number one volleyball mag. Some nights I stay up casting in my bad luck. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they'd just fall off. But I still wake up, I still see our thoughts. Oh Lord, I feel not sure what I stand for. Anymore. 
that for this? I miss my mom and dad for this? No. It's a great song. But you didn't know who sang until Gator told you? No, I didn't. Of course not. I couldn't even think of Youngblood on air the other day. I did know that one. Just couldn't even think of it. Youngblood? Yeah. You sure that's the name of the group? Isn't that's it? the name of the song? Is it? Think about it for a sec. <laughs> Great, I get that wrong too. No, no, just think about it. It's Isn't it Youngblood? No? Is that the name of the song or is that the name of the that's group? That's the group, isn't it? It's the group. <sighs> no, it's not. It's not? What's the name of the group? The Naked and Famous. Naked and Famous. God, it's the, the Youngblood is a song? Yeah. All right, well, whatever. <coughs> Whatever. Wasn't that a movie or the name of the guy was like Rob Lowe was like a hockey player or something like that? Youngblood. Yeah. You're thinking of Young Guns, no? No, not Young no, Guns. Youngblood, boo. Young Guns, by the way, still stands up as a film. The great, original one? Great movie. The original one is fantastic. It's just Emilio Estevez, complete maniacal insanity out there in the West. It was awesome. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're going to go out and bring him in alive. He just goes and shoots him down in the bathroom. Good times. Good call. The Net Live on a Monday. Appreciate you tuning in. Kevin Barnett sitting in with... Jeremy Ruscha at the big boy chair at the controls. I don't like being when, at the controls because when things go wrong, like people think it's my fault. But that's all background well, you, stuff that has get, nothing to do with me. You get the new Mac. You get the new Mac. You got to learn how to use that thing. It's a little bit of a different system. I mean, well, Dieter's had his for ten years and is missing a couple of buttons. Still doesn't know how to use it. Wow. What are you I, talking about? Dan? I had to break into your house this morning. Yeah. I had to use my own computer, like not normal, like right. usually use yours. Right. Um. So I had to set up all those preferences. And uh, then when I opened up the program I use with all the effects for the show, it was missing, so I had to quickly throw some stuff back in there again. So it was good times, Kevin. Well, Delta's paying the bills sometimes. you got to end up coming at a little well, Delta late. to hook a brother up. <laughs> got the College Volleyball Weekly coming up with our correspondent, Brandon Rosenthal, at least, hopefully, Mike Sondheimer as well. We'll talk about a couple weeks of college. Hold it's been, on. It's real been good. Quick, real quick. Yeah. A tryout? For volleyball in the middle of the season? You got what is it, this, buddy. Necessary Roughness? What, what, what is nice that? Nice reference. Scott Bakula? Wow. <laughs> Scott Bakula. <laughs> is your 40-year-old quarterback? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty beat up over there at Who, Long Beach. Do they need to look into their training personnel? I, I don't know the details. I read a, a volleyball talk post about it, and then Rosenthal hit me up about it. But it's going on. We I was looking for uh, Jim Malero's number last night, but I didn't have it on me. So good. We will uh, we will talk to him. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a different sort of deal when you're holding tryouts in the middle of the, middle of the year. Something's gone awry. Let's say both of your friends are in the queue. Let's bring them in. We got music. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's been one of those mornings. There it is. Good luck. In association with the American Volleyball Coaches Association, the Net Live is proud to present each week the best of what was and a preview of what will be in the world of college volleyball, the College Volleyball Weekly, with our usual correspondents who hopefully can hear us, and if they don't, if they can't, they'll just do the show on their own. It's Mike Sonheimer of UCLA. You do, no, definitely sounds much better. Yeah, we had to fix it. We had a little audio issue, but we got to fix it, gentlemen. Thanks for... Thanks for coming in. It's been a, a busy couple of weeks, and Mike, we'll start. Pretty amazing. We'll start you out with uh, the Pac-12 and Washington, lone unbeaten, finally goes down to Oregon. Yeah, I've always, I've always liked Oregon. Lauren Plum, I love her as a setter, and they got Washington at home, and so Stanford's in first place. They're four young freshmen. They're playing wonderful, and UCLA's lost three um, deuce final five set matches now. 
Yeah, tough one for UCLA. Penn State continues uh, their their flight on the top. Uh, it seems like they there's no way they can be unseated with Washington going down to Oregon. No, I mean, basically everybody's lost now. And what's interesting, though, is Penn State's one loss to Oregon State is in the, the bottom half of the Pac-12 conference. But uh, they're playing really well, and Russ Rose does a great job. And, you know, I looked, I looked at the four teams I thought before the season, and they're all playing great right now. As I was looking at Penn State, Nebraska, Texas, you know, those those three for sure. And then the fourth one was Stanford, how well the young players have come along. And John Dunning and these Corlett have done a great job bringing along their four freshmen. Hey, Brandon. Anything interesting, Kevin, too, is if you look now, three or four of the top ten teams are running the 6-2 now with the 15 subs. So it's, it's interesting. It's like the 6-2 contrast versus the 5-1 contrast. Oregon is still running that 5-1. Well, as long as you've got a great setter, you can run a 5-1 like that. And it's the best thing for Hancock at Penn State. It's the best thing for Plum at Oregon. And it seems like Stanford and Washington, the 6-2 works real, real well, where they have a young setter and a more experienced setter. UCLA uh, still trying to figure out their uh, their settings? It looks like no, I think Megan Mayola has established herself as the setter. UCLA is just a matter of uh, bringing along the team. And they're solid. You know, they're, they're very solid. They're like, when you lose a setter in Oldero, it's tough to really gel early, and I think Mike Seeley will have them ready to go, you know, come playoff time. But it's, the conference is just so competitive. I mean, if you look at the, the five or six teams at the top, but even the bottom, it seems like Arizona State, Oregon State, they're playing well enough to beat somebody on a given day. Colorado has lost a good player. They're much better this year, things like that. So that's real deep. And then the Big Ten is so deep, too. you got Illinois on a losing streak now. you got Michigan State. It's now, you know, solidly sweet in the top 25. And, Purdue had a couple losses, so it's nice that teams can beat each other, and that home advantage is such an advantage. Hey, uh, hey, Brandon Geeter, we got uh, Coach Craig Skinner coming on later at 11:30 over at Kentucky. He's done such a, uh, I, I really like him. Number one, and he's done such a good job of, of changing the culture there of volleyball and, and the SEC in general. Uh, where are they right now? I see Florida's, um, but it seems like they're getting bigger crowds and, and building a little bit of an environment around their women's volleyball programs. Sure, yeah, it's an interesting mix they've got going there right now, uh, especially on the east side of things. Uh, Flora's leading it, uh, going undefeated so far, but then you've got Tennessee, uh, Missouri, and Kentucky all battling for that second. Uh, you know, they're in a three-way tie, so it should be interesting kind of down the stretch what happens, as, especially as they play each other, you know, a couple more times. But kind of speaking on behalf of the atmosphere there, you're really in a hotbed kind of uh, area with Cincinnati close by, Louisville. Uh, you get up into Indiana. So you've got schools, you know, such as Louisville and Kentucky really pouring more and more money and more and more time into uh, raising the crowds and things like that. And, you know, I know Kevin's going to be talking to Skinner here in, in a bit just about uh, what they had going on. Uh, in uh, connection with Big Blue Madness. But uh, it's pretty interesting that, you know, you're starting to see, especially when you look even going up as far as Purdue, you're getting crowds that are consistently, you know, somewhere in the three to 6,000 people range. And, I mean, I think it's great for the sport. Definitely. Hey, new poll. Really, just Penn State stays number one. Stanford moves up from four to two. Oregon, three. Wow. Nebraska four, Washington five, UCLA six, Southern Cal seven, Texas, Hawaii, Minnesota, rounding out your top ten. Yeah, Barnett, I got a great story. Uh, Barnett, I got a great story. Before our Saturday match, we were playing at home versus uh, Stetson, and then gentleman came over to the bench. I mean, literally, uh, probably about ten minutes before the match, and kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Are you Brandon Rosenthal?" And I said, uh, "Yeah," and he said. Uh, 
My name is Dave Beckley. Uh, I'm from uh, the Pennsylvania area up uh, near Penn State, and we were just uh, in town, a little vacay in Nashville, and uh, we listened to the show every week, and so we decided to come on over for the match and uh, check us out. I thought, uh, man, it was pretty cool to hear that somebody listening to the show and made his way on over uh, to watch a match. So props to you guys. Well, I know you missed a week where you were going to be a part of the preview for College Volleyball Weekly, your matchup with Florida, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, you know, it's a little bummer talking to you guys today. Uh, both of us were 7-0, and and uh, Gulf Coast got the best of us. Uh, you know, it was, it was a tight three-set match where, uh, you know, just didn't make enough plays, and, and they did, and, uh, you know, hats off to them. They've got some good stuff going, and that kind of ends the first round of conference play, so we'll get ready for the second round, and we get them on the very last weekend. So uh, it should be good. And then we ha- we host the uh, conference tournament this year. Uh, so, again, we'll be excited to kind of have everybody back in our place and have our home crowd out. Would you take that match since you have to play a week later for the conference title? Not no. Not show them very much? No, not at all. Uh, but that's a, you know, I think uh, especially at this level, uh, there's a lot going into every one of the matches. And, and oh, for sure. I wouldn't even think about it. That's a great question, though. Yeah, I mean, it gets, I mean, that's the hard thing about a conference tournament. He gets to play for the conference regular season title one week, and then next next week he's playing for the NCAA berth. Because not two of only one conference going to go out of that conference. And being good coaches, sometimes they, uh, you know, mix things up and then come back with a different game plan a week later. Mike, I had an opportunity to see Stanford this past week, and it looks to me like they're a pretty complete team. One thing I wonder with them, though, is what if somebody is able to put enough service pressure on them so they can't use their middles? Do they really have the outsides to get it done? The young freshmen keep coming around. I think if I heard the broadcast right, you declare them the national champions, so I'm not sure how other schools will feel about that. I think I declare them the championship contender. Yeah, there's I, no... thought was, I, thought was, I thought it was a little heavier than that from the broadcast. I know you're trying to get ratings on the on the Pac-12 network. It sounds a little bit heavier, but they're they're good enough. I mean, as the players come along, their freshmen are good enough. The one they have to really get going is Williams on the outside because Burgess and Howard have been outstanding. And I think it's just if Williams comes along and does what she's capable, that they're solid in the middle. And I think with a six-two attack, that even if they can't run the middle, they have enough. They have enough going. Miss Inky's amazing in the middle, and she's you know, one of the top top four or five freshmen in the whole country, and very much looks like uh, Akaradua. Now, SD got beat up pretty bad in that match, but SD seems like a team that's been going the right direction. SD is a team that you can adjust the system and slow down Bricio. They're a team that you can uh, have a chance to beat. But, again, it's it's so balanced. I mean, the thing, the thing that's going to be interesting is I think it's really going to come down to seedings and matchups. And Brand knows that as a coach. There's just some teams you don't match up with well, and other teams you can match up with real well. <laughs> Sorry, there's a little circus going on here in the studio. Mr. Mr. Uh- McGee. Trying to bust his table for once. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the whole country is loaded, and that's a nice thing. I mean, you have like a San Diego or a Western Kentucky that are both fighting for potentially a top 16 seed and a chance to host, but both those teams are going to be a very, very tough out for whoever gets them if they make it to the regionals. Yeah, is San Diego the Pepperdine this year? Because Pepperdine last year came within a few points of beating SC and being in the Final Four. Is there a team like that this year? Is San Diego that team that you think could realistically make a run into the Elite Eight and perhaps, if things fall right, into the Final Four? 
Before we get to the final four, I think the top uh, the top ten teams, I think that's where you're going to get the final four teams coming from the top ten has been pretty consistent for the last several weeks. But I think a lot of these teams can make a run to Sweet 16. I think they can make a run to Elite Eight. And, again, a lot of times matchups. San Diego went five with SC and really pushed them. So I think there's a lot of possibilities. All right, Florida State last year's Final Four member out there at twelve, so they have yeah, them in Florida. Them in Florida, the two two next group to come in. Florida's Barry White's kind of playing really well, and Chris Poole's got a veteran team that you know played last year all the way to the Final Four, and they could be better by the end of the year. They had two, you know, a couple great wins the last couple of weeks. Rose, and that's a little bit of a preview. Uh, next week, Florida State and Florida play uh, at Florida State in a non-conference match, so that should be interesting to see uh, kind of where both of those teams stack up, uh, especially going out of conference. Yeah, and again, that's a huge seeding seeding game. Florida figures to win their half of the division. Florida State, I think, is going to win the ACC, but it'll be interesting because the way they deal with the regionalism and the way the NCAA does seedings, it's very possible Florida State and Florida end up meeting if they get to the Elite 16 or even possible in a second round match. Sure. Darren from the Big 12. You know, the Big 12 uh, has got some, you know, obviously uh, got some pretty good coverage yesterday with Nebraska. Uh, or excuse me. Uh, Big 10, first of all, uh, Nebraska and Minnesota had some pretty good coverage on ESPN, the deuce, and a uh, good matchup. Uh, obviously, pitting Cook and uh, Hugh uh, at Nebraska. Last time that they'll play at Nebraska before they move into their uh, new building. You know, as far as the uh, Big 12, uh, Texas went all out of conference to uh, Louisville uh, last Sunday and uh, got a, a good win there. And and I think it was an interesting kind of scheduling uh, by Jared Elliott to go to the you know, site of the final four and, and, you know, really get a, uh, like I said, a quality win. So uh, they're leading the way and you've got some teams behind them that are kind of fighting for, uh, you know, to make a move. Uh, one of the teams uh, that I kind of like to see over this next week, and they've got a big match, is Kansas, uh, and, and a great rivalry match, Kansas and K-State. You've got, uh, as far as last week's rate, uh, rankings go, 21 uh, Kansas and 14 K-State going head-to-head on Wednesday, so that should be an interesting matchup as well. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, K-State and Kansas, they got a big one against Iowa State. Iowa State's pretty solid. Sure, and and <clears throat> Iowa State I think takes on uh, Oklahoma this week. So uh, Oklahoma, one of these programs, is kind of up and down this year, uh, but it's still very dangerous. There's there's definitely some rivalry uh, matchups also in the Big Ten this week. Is uh, Michigan versus Michigan State on Saturday at Michigan, and then uh, as you work your way into the SEC, there's a couple big matchups. Texas A&M will take on Tennessee and Florida this weekend. Texas A&M leading the west side. Uh, Tennessee, like I said, in a three-way tie for second in the east, and then Florida obviously leading the east. And then moving into the big east, uh, a couple of unbeatens, Marquette and Louisville, uh, both sitting right now, I believe, at 7-0. and So, uh, that will be on Sunday as well. So it's a, it's definitely one of those weeks where, you know, a lot could happen. Great. I think Louisville and Marquette brand is going to be a heck of a matchup. Marquette's been playing really well. Louisville showed against Texas. They could be a real threat too. And Louisville's the host of the NCAA. So the NCAA is going to want to put them in a position to have a shot at the Final Four too. 
And that's, yeah, and Louis, uh, when you talk about Marquette and Louisville, Louis, those are two coaches that are not uh, uh, unaccustomed to kind of going up against the big dogs. Both of them, Bond and uh, Ann, have done a nice job over the years, not only at their current programs, but uh, at their programs before. And just looking at the rankings right now, you see Marquette just outside the top 25. So it should be interesting to see those two teams go at it. Definitely. Yeah, it's all nice and everything, but Stanford is already going to win the national title, so I don't know what you guys are even talking about. They say that almost every year, the Sermons win the national championship, but it's been a while, 2004. I, I worked with Alex yesterday. He, uh, <laughs> he's talking about people marking time by saying when they when they beat UCLA. Jason Watson, head coach at ASU, said something about to, to Al about when they defeated UCLA, BYU defeated UCLA for the first time, and Al... Right. Now that they did win the national championship year anyway. I'm telling you, it, he's got to remember the years. Yeah, they got some amazing color commentators in that Pac-12 network now when you throw Allen to the mix. Yeah, there, there are some characters. Definitely. Gentlemen, thank you very much, as always, for your effort. We'll talk to you again next week. Look forward to it, Kevin. Take care. Thanks, guys. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Good luck, everyone. Mike and Good stuff there on the College of Auto Weekly. Let's, uh, let's take a short break. Sweet. We'll be back with Craig Skinner awesome. and, and probably without Mr. McGee. I just want to say hi to Coach and then I'll get going. Okay, cool. Right back in just a moment. Then Don't you dare be late for Millie. I know, dude.
No, I'm not even going to give it a shot. The Net Live, welcome back in. Hope you're connecting with us during the week at the Net Live slash Facebook or Facebook slash the Net Live or Twitter.com slash the Net Live. I messed up a sponsor read this week. It really uh, bothered man. me. <clears> There's <throat> nothing, nothing that bothers me more. Hyundai, Hyundai Velocity. So let me ask you this. We're yeah. having a fight right now. The guys at Hyundai said it's Hyundai. At Fox, they told me it was Hyundai. So I went on the air and said Hyundai, my first show, because my producer told me to. Yeah. We got 10 emails from the Hyundai people. It's Hyundai. So Hyundai. 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 Sunday. And it's, yeah, and I, it's Veloster, you, but they it with five, an O. For five months at Fox, I had to call it Hyundai. So it's I'm Veloster. Confused. Told him I was in a glass case of emotion. Glass case of it's emotion. It's Veloster. Yeah. But it's but it's spelled it's spelled Veloster, but it's Veloster. I don't I just don't I understand know. that. It bothers me. I got to pick up my daughter, but I want to introduce our next guest and say hello. So Jeremy, Heck can you play yeah. a little little tunes for our guy? I can. He's one of the great coaches that we have in our country. And will. We love him. Out of the University of Kentucky in his eighth season. Last year, by the way, had an unbelievable run. They, they lost to Texas uh, at home in a great regional. That regional had Texas, Kentucky, Penn State, and UCLA by far and away the Ooh, best regional. That's okay. Along with that Hawaii, UC, uh, USC, Pepperdine, Kansas State one. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal regional Pack House. Uh, he's really done a great job of revitalizing that program. Seven straight appearances in the NCAA. He was the coach of the year last year in the South Region. SEC coach of the year in 05. Does a great job of recruiting. Uh, I've had players gone there before. Absolutely love him. He's such a good guy when you see him around. Coach Craig Skinner. What's up, Skinner? Mr. McGee, I am. I want to call every week so I can just hear that. No, <laughs> hear the man. Running practice. I'd, tell you, I'd love to just, you know, when you walk out onto the floor there at Kentucky, I announce your name and then I'll leave. Get back on a plane. <laughs> I'll pay big money. <laughs> I got to get wrong because I got to pick up Millie, but I wanted to say hello. And I know you guys had a had a big win yesterday, right? Big win. Big played win. really well against A&M and, and uh, it was definitely a good showing. I haven't played that well in a couple of weeks, so it was good to see. Yeah, Coach, it seems like this, or this year has been sort of an up and down year, a little unpredictable. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, we played a really difficult schedule, and there's definitely some um, losses on our record that I, I wish we had a chance to do do again. And we, you know, you wish you could have some do-overs, but um, you know, we we put that schedule together by design. I mean, we just wanted to be tested, wanted to be challenged as much as possible early to prepare us for the conference. And you know, we start out the conference again. We've already played Florida twice. We've already played A and M twice. So um, we're definitely battle tested, and, and you know, hopefully that's going to pay off for us as we get through the end of the year. Coach, uh, I just want to ask you one thing before I left because we, we talk a lot about it on the show, and then Kevin will take over. But I've just always been really amazed the last few years at where I think women's volleyball has come. You know, being in the club world, and of course keeping an eye on on the college world and all you guys that coach, all my friends out there, and I, it's just amazing covering this sport and, and seeing where it is in terms of the attendance. And, and, and you've been one of the guys who's done a great job at that. Do you see that really growing? It seems like there's more and more places, not just one or two or three, but more places where they have great atmospheres and it's a really fun sport it seems like the students are starting to get into it am, am i right there 
It's everywhere. You're right, Chris. I mean, it's no matter where we go, there's articles in the student newspaper, there's articles in the local papers, there's there's more, way more matches on TV. There's people who are knowledgeable. They come up to you in the in the grocery store or whatever and say, "Great match, loved watching you guys." I mean, little things like that give you a, a huge indication that that it's, it's there's it's definitely a sport of relevance. And I don't I don't see it stopping anytime soon because this sport certainly displays women's athleticism as much or better than any of them. Agree. Yeah, that's what I've heard said is there's so much focus on basketball but that a lot of coaches out there, people in sports, feel like volleyball is the one that really showcases women and their athletic abilities. I, I agree 100%. I mean, it, it's, you know, the 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 net is, the rim is lower in our sport, so to speak. I mean, you know, the net's 7-4, and you can, the women can do comparable things that the men can do at the net, and I think that's probably, you know, one of the most exciting things, to see someone blast one across the net and, and or someone, you know, making a play on a dig on a two-ball open net that they, you know, there's just so much um, power and explosiveness in our sport that uh, there's not many sports that can display that as well. Who are the hitters in the game today that you think are really demonstrating that and perhaps taking it to a new level? Oh, well, you you know, you, you got to start with a couple of Texas, Eckerman and Bailey Webster that we saw in the regional last year. I mean, you know, we reduced games every game with them, but, I mean, every time the ball went up to them, you're thinking – can we make a play here? Can we make a play here? I mean, they just they just put it at different angles across the net that you don't see on the and you can't reproduce in practice. And um, you know, Kidder is not as severe of angles, but she hits every shot in the book. Uh, another one that I I really enjoy watching is Mancuso from Nebraska. I mean, she can hit every spot on the court. You take away her line, she crushes at angle. You take away her angle, she pulls it cross body down the line and. Another one I'll tell you is Dixon of Minnesota. I mean, she's playing middle right now, but I saw her play on the right side this summer with USA. And and talk about someone that puts, you know, not just a a lot of heat on the ball, but I'm talking heavy. And, you know, if you don't get a touch on the block, it's like the men, you're probably not going to dig it. Yeah, it's funny you make that designation between heat and heaviness. Is it, do you think it's a way to describe that? Because I, I don't know that anyone's ever really done a good job of putting it into words what it means to hit a heavy ball. I, you know, some kids just have fast arms and others, they just, you know, you can tell the, the arm comes from way back and, and they hit through the ball. I think the difference is when you hit through the ball and your hand stays on the ball longer than the average person, that becomes heavy. You know, if it, they snap it off and it it's quick in and out of their hand, you can be a fast arm. But I think as, as your hand, I guess, so to speak, deflates the ball as, and your, as your hand continues on the same path through the ball as you hit it, I, I guess I would probably say that would be heavy, but I don't know. I, I'm, I, I wish I knew more of my physics. <laughs> <laughs> what about what you just did this past week? I understand it's called Big Blue Madness. You were a part of that? Yeah, that's. I'll tell you what, that is an unbelievable production. I mean, I, I can't tell I think they spent three, four hundred thousand dollars on Midnight Madness and you know, people camp out for three days to get tickets because it's the only ticket for men's basketball that you can get for free and it's not designated for season ticket holders. So people come from hours away, pitch tents for three days just to get tickets to this event. And we were piggybacking off of that obviously with our match and we got over five thousand people at the time for a match and, you know, we're talking about a tennis record, we were hoping to do it and the problem happened where it was two and a half hours before the midnight madness event. And 
you know, people just don't know volleyball as well here, even though it's way more on people's mind and relevance than it used to be. And, and for us to get the over 5,000, I thought was a pretty good accomplishment. And, and we got a lot of people there that had never seen, um, you know, volleyball before. And, and, you know, some of them came yesterday to our A&M match, and it was pretty cool. Uh, it's very good. I like the idea of cross-promoting. Where do you think this sport is headed with all the changes in social media and video and uh, it's just been a tremendous amount of change from my time in school. Certainly, it's the way that things are promoted. Nobody's doing little flyers on campus anymore. Mm-hmm. No, you, you know, you see on Twitter, um, you know, for example, Christine Hartman, our setter, was just named SEC Player of the Week. And I found out through um, the the Louisville Courier-Journal guy tweeted that out. And he's a, he's a beat writer for or sports writer for the Louisville paper. And that would never happen five years ago. So he's tweeting out about volleyball. Um, so he already knows about our program. He already knows we had a successful weekend. So if I see him sometime down the road, he will talk about it. And when you get those guys talking about it or you get our basketball beat writer talking about the volleyball matches in Rupp Arena for you know, Midnight Madness, I mean, it, it, that those are the articles, those are the people that the sports enthusiasts read about uh, in our communities. And they would never get that information in the past. They would never be on campus to get the flyer or the or the uh, you know the chalkboard writing. Hey, volleyball match at 7 p.m. tonight. You know they're they're getting actual real time information, and you there's just no way to to duplicate that in the past. And so you'll see those people at NCAA tournaments. You you, you saw our guys on the sidelines of our our regional last year, and. You know, you, uh, I saw a guy in a rest Chipotle the other day that writes for us. He goes, "Hey, great, great win against A&M. This is the last time we played A&M." And you know, it's it's just the information is so fast and so out there that everyone sees it. And and with retweeting and all this stuff, I mean, I just started doing that, you know, three four months ago. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I still haven't figured it out. I have no idea how it works. <laughs> I have to ask someone sitting next to me. Okay, what do I do here? All the at and the hashtag. I just make up. <laughs> Whatever I want. <laughs> hey, you, your your pre-conference schedule, and you had an opportunity to see both number three and number four, Oregon and Nebraska. Can you compare and contrast those two teams and tell us which one is better? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, boy, you know, I, I Oregon really impressed me when we played them. Um, they they passed a lot better than I we were anticipating. Their setter can get the ball to almost any hitter at any time. Um, they have an aircraft carrier in Bergsma that can, you know, bail them out of situations. Um, and then some big physical middles that can block and, and transition for points. And, and, you know, outside hitters that are good and, and consistent, um, so they, they always keep them in them, get kills one-on-one. And um, very good, very good team. I, I was really impressed with them, and 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 also Nebraska in different ways. I mean, Nebraska's typical Nebraska block, very physical at the net. Their setter, those two setters are two of the best in the country, uh, uh, Lauren Cook and uh, Plum. So they just make their teams go. And and uh, you know, watching Nebraska yesterday against Minnesota, I didn't expect them to win convincingly like that in the fourth game. And um, Boy, I, I would. That, that's a tough call. I mean, I might give the slight edge to Oregon. Um, you know, Cook may not want to hear that, but I think he would agree they're not quite where they need to be. I'd say Nebraska's middles might be a little better, more consistent right now. But you know, having Bergsman on the right side, you know, just being able to bail them out of situations if they're not playing well, front row, back row, 
I think gives them an edge along with their setter. They can get the ball to a lot of different people at once. But that that's a very, very good team, and, and uh, they're going to make a lot of noise throughout the season. All right, I don't see Penn State anywhere here on your schedule, but you're a lot closer than we are. Are they number one, and what makes them number one, do you think? Uh, you know, I've seen them play on TV a couple times, and, and um, uh, you know, they're just, again, very – very physical, and you know Scott on the right side is. I, I don't. I'd give the edge to Bergsman in terms of them in Oregon, in terms of the right side player that can hit from all over the place. And I'd say their setting setter is the most athletic setter in the country. May not be the best setter in the country. I'd say their outsides are um, uh, very good. I mean, you know, God, it's hard to say anything bad about that team. I mean, they're so good. I. I'd, I don't know. I, I'm not sure they're the best team in the country. I don't think they played as consistent as some of the other teams like Oregon, and I'm not sure Washington has been tested enough yet. Um, uh, you know, it's it's so hard to tell. I, I, there's just there's there's 15 teams that have a chance to be in the Final Four, if not 20 teams that have a chance to be in the Final Four, depending on the the draw and the region and all that stuff. It's it's a it's a great year in our sport. You're listening to Net Live. We're talking to head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, Craig Skinner coming off his cooperation with Midnight Madness match and a win for the Wildcats. Craig, what is the support like from your athletic department? Are they starting to see the value again and the the change that you've affected there at Kentucky? Yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, you know, all our matches, home SEC matches, are on web, live web stream along with radio broadcast. Um We've done, uh, you know, several um, promotions out t- around town. I mean, we we have three or four of our players are on billboards around the city of Lexington. Um, you know, they're 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 you know wanting us to do things like the Midnight Madness event to help cross promote uh, those things. And you know, I've been in a lot of communities, and very few communities do you see those sorts of things. It's, you know, the billboards, the um, the the promotion at midnight mass. I mean, basketball is is king at Kentucky, and and even our football coach wouldn't deny that. And it's just, you know, to be able to be in that venue environment with them, and and you know, being friends with Coach Cal, and and talking sports and volleyball and all that stuff is a pretty special deal. Um, and and leaving Nebraska when I did in '04, my first season here in '05, I wanted to be in a community, a city, a state where the state institution was a big deal of what they did. And unfortunately, we've been able to have a lot of success here so far and, and been able to get our name out in into the horse community. And we have a lot of friends in that area. And, and our administration has, has not shied away from being proud that the volleyball program has been to these NCAA tournaments, been to Sweet 16s. And sometimes it's a burden to, to administrations that uh, that means I'm going to have to spend more money or that means I'm going to have to work harder uh, in our marketing department to get the word out and Ours is, has definitely um, been been proactive in that area. Men's team action there on campus. There has to be volleyball being played by men somewhere. By the men's basketball team? No, no. I mean volleyball just being played by any kind of men on campus, an intramural <sighs> club team, or is there any kind of action going on in the men's game in that environment? There has to be a lot of a lot of frustrated basketball players maybe looking for something else. <laughs> I, I wish it was a little stronger than it is. I, I, there's just there's zero high school boys volleyball in the state other than Louisville. There's there's high about four high schools in Louisville have boys volleyball. We do have a men's club team um, here on campus. There's a there's a huge um, uh, men's tournament called the Turkey Smash over Thanksgiving weekend that they have. 
Um, but in terms of the you know grassroots and boys playing, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't exist, and it hurts because you know I grew up in in Muncie where you know I was able to get involved because Ball State and um, we had guys playing in the summers and sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and and playing AAUs, and you know it, it just there's there's not a yeah I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, and I wouldn't be coaching, I wouldn't be involved in volleyball if it wasn't for the community I grew up in, and you wish there could be more. There is it is there, and there are people playing, but um, getting exposed on a national level is is tough to find right now. You guys ever bring in any men to practice against? I'd say we got lucky. Um, well, our staff, we have a volunteer coach who played at Ohio State, Brett Verson. We have, um, you know, Keith, Keith Shunzo played at Ball State, and our staff who, who played, and, and, you know, Lindsey and, and Kyle, who are our staff, we all play at some point or another to to, to help us out. But we actually got lucky this year. Um, the uh, um, uh, guy from Chicago who played high school club volleyball and um, high school at a high level uh, enrolled at Kentucky and contacted us and wanted to be part of it. He's a practice player and he's really good. Jumps out of the gym, passes. He's about six foot six one, so it, it's it, you can he can simulate a lot of different things. And I can't tell you how valuable that is having having a guy that that can simulate a lot of different things. So when you get ready to play. You know, Texas A&M, for example, you can simulate their outside hitters or whatever it may be. So we have had at least one every year or two that's that's uh, come from Louisville or a different area that, that has been able to help us out. And how do you women react to that, having a, a men's player on a regular basis? <laughs> Sorry, they, li- they like it a lot. I mean, they've got, they're great kids, and um, they don't, you know, it, the, first, the first time they come in the gym, they jump as high as they can and hit it straight down and, you know, of course, the girls like ah, oh, it's a girl. You know, women's net, whatever. But um, it's it's they they like it. They end up becoming friends with them and hanging out with them as part of our you know volleyball family. And and uh, it, it's been really good. They 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 treat it with the right way. And uh, you know, our players want to be challenged. It's funny Hartman, our setter, you know, kind of went off on our volunteer coach a couple weeks ago. I said, man, you got to hit the ball harder. If I'm going to sit on your side, we got to win. Same <laughs> <So>. standard. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Craig is the head coach at Kentucky, where they are just outside the top 25 for the moment, but looking like they're going to make the tournament once again and make some waves. They have two matches coming up at home, Arkansas on the 19th and LSU on the 21st. Get out there and check it out. Craig, thanks so much for checking in with us and uh, letting us know about the good stuff you're doing there in Kentucky. All right, guys. Have a great week. I appreciate it. Craig Skinner. Take care. Good stuff. I love it. The uh, the guy from Chicago, he's not dumb. Go and uh, be a part of the women's team. Friends? Do air quotes go over the radio sometimes? You could just tell by your tone. <laughs> but, Friends? I mean, you know what? It's smart. Oh, yeah. How, how are you going to meet people? The girls may not be on guard. They get to know you a little bit better. And maybe you get a date out of it. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Or maybe all the girls hate you. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, it could happen. Not likely, though. Somebody will like you. There's like 16 of them. <laughs> Come on, if you can't get one in 16, you really got some issues. Well, I don't know what the guy looks like, and I don't know him personally, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. Looks don't even matter. When you're shooting, <laughs> when you're shooting in a one out of 16 barrel and you got access like that, you're coming in banging balls. But what if the girls are better than he is? Then it's going to be... Maybe he yeah. likes that. No, Maybe that's a good no. thing, Jeremy. So here we go. I mean, you hang out with some girls who are better than you. One, in, one in particular I can think 90% of. 90% of the girls I hang out with are better than me than volleyball. One in particular I can about... think of. Let's talk about High Fiber Gate 2. High Fiber Gate 2, yes. Yes, you sent me, I don't know if it was a text. You it was were dri- a text. You were driving 
said I just gave Jen. No, that was that was once you asked if uh, she actually knew me. I just said I'm driving, so I don't. So you couldn't so you could respond. And I noticed I never I never got a response after that. So tell me how this high fiber second high fiber happened. Doing the match last Sunday. Yep. At USC. Well, two Sundays ago at USC. Yeah. ASU USC mm-hmm. honored at the intermission between sets two and three. April Ross, Jen Kessie, numbers retired, were put up in the rafters. And I saw that one was hosted by like the indoor team, one was hosted by the beach team. The colors were different. The banner yeah, was correct. Is that why it was a different color? That's what their tweet said, yes. Okay, because I didn't understand why it was a different color. No one gave us any information as to, the, as to why one was yellow so or gold, I guess. Maybe it stands out. Maroon. Yeah. Crimson, whatever the color is. So anyways. So, yeah, so they honor them, and I was sitting nearby. Yeah. I did not stand up and go, Jen! Jen! This time. This time. And so after the match was over, I was walking out and every time I autographed for you. Oh, they're probably out here. So I walked over and, and said hi at the table. I said, can I get a high fiver? I asked Jen for another high fiver. <sighs> she has no clue who you are. Yeah, she knew exactly who I was, buddy. No. Did she say hi, Kevin? Yeah. No, she didn't. I don't yeah. believe it for a second. You don't? Nope. Okay. Well, it seems like you'll be on Twitter later finding out. I'm going to text her right now. That's actually true. And when I say I'm going to text her, that means I have her phone number, which you do not. So I will text her and ask her personally. Well, yeah, because it's like the first time I really talked to her, so I couldn't ask for digits right away. You just talked about it. You can't close the deal right away. I really just picture you as a giddy little schoolboy going, oh, my God, oh, my God. Do I go over there? And having like your group of guy friends going, yeah, yeah, bro, you can go over there. Go, go, go. Like, is that how it happened? And as I went to talk to her, I tripped over my own (laughs) feet, and I fell onto the table that that she was taking a picture with a little girl nearby. Are you sure? Yeah. She didn't think like you played for the men's team because you're 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 a good looking guy tall boy, yeah. boyish still you, boyish, don't, you don't look yeah. your age like yeah. you could still play college yeah you sure she didn't think you played i was an undergrad team? with some zits trying to get a date exactly <laughs> oh, excuse me miss kessie that's so i'm happy for you yeah so i gave her another high fiver now my thing i give high fivers to people now that was the greatest email ever thanks spell correct <laughs> thanks I will, a lot i will say this now that i have the iphone yeah. Like I have to 100% focus on everything I type and then make sure Reread. I look it over before I send it because there have been some things that I've sent to buddies of mine. I'm like, whoops. There's some weird stuff that comes out. And there's a whole website or two dedicated to strange spell correct things. I remember one time a buddy of mine sent me a text about his mom seeing some famous people. And what it amounted to in the text was that his mom had looked up the skirt of some – Famous person. I was like, what? Awesome. Good job for your mom. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Like, sweet. Way to go, Karen. Uh, (laughs) The good thing, though, is that means I can't text and drive at the same time. Not that I do anyways. It's not a good idea to text and drive at the same time. I need a thing where you can say text and then dictate. You can do that on that, you know. You can tell it to text. Yeah, if you get Siri, you can tell her, text Kevin, you did not high-five her, Jen. I have a friend whose last name is Jensen. And when yeah. I'm in the car and I hit the Bluetooth and I say, call my friend. Yeah. And it says the person's first name and it refers to their last name as, Hen- as Jensen. Jensen. Yes. I'm like, oh, oh. Are, are you Hispanic speaking, Siri? Jensen. Yeah. Uh, oh, Hispanic. Oh, yes. I was thinking, I was going like Nordic. Well, it like could be Swedish. Nordic, but she de- it definitely, it almost sounds like she has a uh, Spanish accent. From Joseph? Said, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. One day I'll move up to the iPhone 5. got to break my iPhone 4 first. Well, this, uh, you know what? This is the, my first time having an iPhone. Yeah. And everything I like, I like it. I, I'm, I'm into it. But everybody, the only difference is with my phone and your phone is mine's a little taller, a little thinner, and the camera's better. 
Because we had the yeah. same operating system. Yeah, but I don't have S. What I really wanted was turn-by-turn directions. Oh. And when I'm traveling, that's why I immediately upgraded to iOS 6. I'm like, all right, great, I'll get turn-by-turn directions. Oh, no, just to 4S, not to 4. Bitter. Thanks, Apple. Well, oh, the drama with Apple uh, Maps right now. It's not that bad. I used it this I week. I use it all the time. It hasn't failed me once. I think if you're out in the middle of nowhere, I've heard some, like, on some of the maps, like the bridges have collapsed, which I find highly entertaining. <laughs> I remember MapQuest. I went on a serious MapQuest adventure. was trying to find a campground back in, has to be about 2002. Had a printout from MapQuest that literally sent me down a dirt road into the middle of nowhere, and it was nowhere near the campground. Awesome. And I had the Tahoe and the family and everybody, and I'm like, really, where are we? And then we arrived at our campsite so late that we ended up setting up in a hailstorm. Oh. Yes, in June, a hailstorm, because oh. that's what happens in Colorado with the weather, because we had gotten there so late. And then it was like 50 degrees and hail, and then that night it was super cold. One of the worst nights of sleep I've ever had with my uh, less than two-year-old son running around the inside of the tent as soon as there was a little bit of light, like 4 a.m. Oh, I don't camp. I love camping, but... I'll camp if somebody else there. brings all the stuff, Yeah, and I can just show up. But I'm not putting up tents. I'm not cooking food out in the middle of the woods. Oh, see, I love that. No, I, I grew no. up doing it, though. I'm too high maintenance You're for city that. folk, man. High maintenance. Yeah. They don't have gel in a natural oh, environment. Oh, God. Take care of your now full mohawk. My hair looks great without you, product in it. When did you decide to go full mohawk? Did you leave your wedding ring at home? Yeah, I did. Here, give me that back. Um, I took it off the lift and I forgot the darn thing. But in Utah, you know, whatever. I was in. Uh, I went full mohawk. I've been in Vegas a lot this this summer. It's hot. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, let's get as much hair off as possible, but still keep the hawk. So that's how we rolled. So you had to get rid of the foe. Got rid of the foe and go mo. We're pretty much mohawk right now. <laughs> foe to mo. Nicole referred to it as the mature mohawk because now I don't have to spike the back because it can just lay down, but you still know it's there. She referred to it as the mature. I just, I just noticed it was all there. I literally just got it cut like two days ago. Okay. Just for the show so everybody can see me. No, that's <laughs> right. We're not online. That's good. Well, I'm glad people decided to tune in. Glad you got a an old school little first segment where it was the main mic on the computer. That literally, for those that have listened in. Is that what was happening? It was the microphone on the computer that was. Correct. These weren't doing anything. All our fancy equipment, you were talking into it, hearing it like it was great. Uh, And in fact. I apologize, everybody. The computer was picking it up. But, uh, yeah, the only way to know that is to have made that mistake not once, not twice, but perhaps even five times uh, back in the day. Time Machine Monday, also known as Open Mic Monday, apparently, uh, (laughs) because that microphone was on when I thought we were muted, but apparently not. Open Mic Monday. So you got to hear about the hobbit that I sat next to on the airplane today. No wonder everybody said Geeter sounded so far away, but I sounded okay because I'm closer to the microphone. Yeah, you're, he was awesome. way over here. Good times. Yeah, so maybe they heard me talking about the hobbit that I sat next to who not only was in the exit row at five foot six, but then also decided to try and be beefcake and like push me off uh, of the, uh, the armrests. I'm in the middle, guy. You got the aisle. You got the whole aisle. Yeah, Unbelievable. Just His feet, literally, his feet barely touched the little supports. That come down from the chair in front of us. Look, I'm a shorter guy, so if I end up in the exit row, you can just deal with it because somehow I got status and I can sit there, so I don't care if you're 6'10". It's no problem. Yeah, but I'm not – like, I'm respectful with, like, what side I'm on. Yeah, if you're in the middle seat, I'll give you a little bit more elbow room because you're in the middle seat. I was sitting there with my elbows on the on the armrest. Window's already full. Guy sits down and says, I'm going to need some of that armrest. Like, I, I looked at him like, Seriously? 
So whatever. I'm not in for a fight. I just want to sleep. Yeah. So I move my elbow a little bit. So then he sits down and he pushes his elbow on and tries to push me off even more. And then he won't move his elbow. Oh, He's yeah. got to turn on his reading light. Does it with his other hand. Of course. He's got to buckle his seatbelt. Does it all with the elbow on the armrest. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? And then... I'm like trying to straighten up and, and get in my seat, and he's pushing his elbow out into me. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Did you say anything to him? I did. I turned. I'm like, what's your problem? Nice. I don't know if I started with that. I mean, I started that that brutally, but I tend to be uh, tend to be a little brutal. At this point, I get to that. I'm, I'm like, now. I'm like, hey, you got that whole other armrest over there? He's like, oh, I'm in my chair. I deserve some of this armrest. I'm like, you can have the armrest. When you can have my seat. You want to sit in this seat? You can have both armrests. It's no problem. Nice. Oh, like, look, I'm right, I'm right here. I'm like, lean into the aisle. And then, after I, I kind of had it out with him there, he put his knee over. Yeah. I'm like, you're an idiot. Plus, you're super tiny. That, made it, feet, that made it worse because he was tiny. And you smell like cabbage. Did you refer to as small feet? Yeah. Okay. Super small feet. <laughs> and tiny hands. Smelled of cabbage. So, anyways... I just I bagged it in the whatever file and put on my headphones and went to sleep for the hour and a half. Good times. Yeah, good things. Anyways, that's the end of the show. The Net Live, we appreciate you tuning in on a Monday. We will have a show again next Monday, assuming that I'm even here. Oh, wait, I have to be back for my anniversary on Sunday, so I will be here. And there may even be motocross talk because I'll be coming off of a Monster Energy Cup on Saturday. So if you're in Vegas area, come out and check out Monster Energy Cup Saturday night. And Olympic gold medalist Todd Rogers will be on the show. That'll be fun. Well, uh, we'll effort on James Lights, too. Yep. Same email. Talk to we'll talk to him this week. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, thanks to those that have been emailing us, thenetlive at gmail.com, for all the suggestions on guests and such. There is Volleyball Hall of Fame inductions this weekend in Holyoke, happening Saturday. Mike Dodd, one of those going in awesome. to the Hall of Fame, along with uh, Mauricio Lima of Brazil. How long do you think we have to be on air until we get into the Volleyball Hall of Fame? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'm betting somewhere plus or minus 15 more years. And can they do a bus of me with my hawk? Is that of possible? Course. Okay. Well, I don't know how that works. Well, it, they have plaques, right? Yeah. So the plaque would probably have all four of our, well, four, maybe, yeah, Geeter, okay. We'd have all four of us. Yeah. And maybe a small Dan Madden because he was a founding yes. you know, member. Well, we could have mentions of like He was A-ball. the first ad. Yeah, Rosenthal, Madden. Yeah, we need to have Madden. a list. Yeah. yeah, a list is probably better. But yeah. but we would definitely have a bronze with all four of us. Yeah, and perhaps you know a hawk. You know what we should just use is that cartoon. Geeter's triple chin. <laughs> <laughs> My big forehead, and uh, well, Reed has the big forehead. But Reed has a giant forehead. Is you looked pretty dead on. Your earrings were tight. Yeah, earrings were looking good. I I My did not hairline. have any facial features. I looked like I was you washed like out. A child. Yeah, I did. Giant baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Get out there and play some volleyball before the weather gets too bad. We'll see you again next Monday.
hurt me, stop. I hear what I said, stop. 